This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to the only online listening experience in podcast form, and that's this one, and that's marking out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 599, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. I said that twice. Crap. Uh, Several ways you can find this podcast on all of your major podcasting applications. Uh, when you go to those major podcasting applications, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe because we really appreciate that. Social media-wise, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 uh, We're on TikTok as well at out, or you can email us at out one at gmail.com. Um, you can buy our merchandise, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Um, and that's that. My name is Chris. I get to open the show this week because Brandon doesn't want to push back, uh, you know, AEW talk anymore. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Dave, is Dave joining us later? He is, actually. Oh, wow. And you can follow Dave on Twitter at DavidDPDPT. Um, and as you heard, his illustrious voice, uh, the heart and soul of marking Out. You can follow him on every social media platform at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I am doing great. Uh, it's been uh, a week, and we'll, we'll start with you. How's your week been? What have you done? Anything I, fun, exciting? I grilled pizza last Saturday. Okay, did you do it in like one of those grilling pizza ovens, or did you put no, on just the my gr- normal grill? Pizza stone? No. Wow. Okay. Right on. I don't on there. think my pizza stone uh, is uh, good for the grill. I own one. I've just never used it. We got it like when we got married, and it just it's been sitting in my attic. There's so many appliances I, I that I got yeah, when I, I was married. I don't need a pizza stone, though. You don't need no instructions. You know how to rock. Okay. What are what are the other uh, appliances that you got that you haven't used? I don't. I like. I want to get up there and like see things that I could just throw out because I'm like like. Listen, I, my action figures have to go up in the attic. I don't need to be it next to like a, a watermelon cutter or my. Actually, I have to go up there because my Carrick now, which is like one of the big gimmicks, is like not working. Like I'll turn it on and it'll just turn itself off. So I have to go mm-hmm. upstairs. And I know I have like a small one, like that I can make. It's like a single cup. Until uh, you know, I told my wife. Said I said, hey, I need a coffee machine for Christmas. Do it now, now, now. <laughs> so. But I uh, I ended up putting leftover barbecue chicken. On the okay. pizza, and I, nice. I laid down some barbecue sauce. I put some red onion, provolone, and it was, I would say, probably the best pizza I've ever made. Did you make the dough from scratch? No. I, no? I don't have, like, the <laughs> finger <laughs> energy for that. Oh, okay, that's it. don't have the time. I was going to start laughing hysterically. But I, I tried to make pizza on a grill once before, and it was decent. But this I thought was so good, and I went back the next day and did the same exact pizza. Added cilantro, and it made it even better. Um, cilantro is like I can't cook with cilantro in my house because Rachel has that like whatever that soap gimmick. The soap gimmick, yeah, that's it. That so. sucks. Ah, I, I, I could care less about cilantro. I was looking. I wanted to make like a corn. We're having friends come over on on Sunday, and I wanted to make like a nice corn pico de gallo, and I found some recipe on some food blog, you know? Um, 
And it's like, oh, add all the cilantro. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't do that, fam. Sorry. Parsley. Yeah, that's a good substitute. I would, I would say so. Okay. It makes it like a, it gives that fresh taste to it. Okay, cool. But I, I also made some uh, coconut chocolate chip brownies. Okay, nice. Figured I'd experiment with that. That was pretty good. I've become a later in life fan of coconut, mm. like co- like shredded coconut, like Samoa's. Yeah. <sighs> Samoa's are top tier. Oh my god. Carvel used to have a Girl Scout gimmick where they yeah. would have like a, a tie with them. Yes, absolutely. And they had the the Girl Scout Sunday Dashers, and that Samoa's Dasher was one of the best Dashers I've ever had from Carvel. I can go for Carvel now. Maybe I'll take the kids tonight. <laughs> and then I also made a, a nice tomato sauce, and I threw it over some Capanelli. Nice, very nice. A lot of Capolini. Capellini. What did I just say? Capanelli? What is Capinelli? that? Capanelli? Lizanelli's pasta? <laughs> yeah, Capellini. <laughs> so, all right, cool. How about yourself? Um, not, I, speaking of cooking, I reverse seared my first piece of meat this week. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But, like, you know, we had we had a heat wave last week, and I didn't want to stand in front of the grill for, like, 15 minutes to grill this beef tenderloin that I bought. So I was like, hmm, let me try reverse searing it. So you put it in the oven, put it in there for... 30 minutes took it out let it rest and then give it a hard sear on the outside it definitely was like to like a medium but it came out fantastic and i'll have to do that more what'd you season it with um garlic salt pepper olive oil that's it and it was it was delicious and um my wife and the kid like my kids had to sleep over at their friend's house who like my wife is friends with the their mom so like she stayed over there to make sure the kids were okay so i was like all right i'm like here take some beef tenderloin with you (laughs) <laughs> really awkward. Um, but that, um, I worked this week, which was, uh, you know, it's the first time in a while, especially filming sports. Uh, I filmed a lacrosse showcase. It was like a tryout for a travel team. And it was it was, it was, was good to get back uh, filming and stuff again because I really haven't done any really filming in like a month. So I'm like ready for, you know, football season's coming up in a month. So I'm going to start prepping for that because we've got a big football season. Um, and Brandon, do you have your phone by you? I don't. You don't. Could I turn my camera on? Because I've been doing some figure customization this week. And... Oh, if you send a thing, I have it's connected to my computer. Is it? Yeah. Oh, your phone is connected to your computer? Yeah. Oh, great. So I have been doing some figure customization this week, and I have been working on one, and I'm going to send it to you right now. You can take the... uh, You should have gotten it already. Did you get it? I did not. Okay. Wait a second. What is... uh? Why? Why? Because I've been, I've had this idea. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The first ever Brandon from Market Out action figure. Where did you get an NXT UK Threadheads. t-shirt? Threadheads. And what, where, what mask is that? Uh, that is, uh, yeah, uh, Joaquin Wild. And it right? fit over Otis's no, head. No, I had, to, I had to cut. So yeah, so it's. A- <laughs> How great is this? That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to be like, well, why is it in a Market Out shirt? Because they didn't have Market Out shirts on the website. So I took – I've had this, like, elite Otis, like, the first time in the line one forever. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to make a Brandon custom with this so badly. And I'm like, where do I get, like, a soft mask to go over this? And then I saw, you know, Ringside Collectibles had damaged packaging of, like, the the joke what, – what, what's his name? Joaquin. Joaquin Wilde, that's his name? Yeah. Yeah, so they they had a damaged package for five ninety nine. So I'm like, all right, so let me get this. I can cut the mask to to fit on this Otis's head. And then I've heard about thread heads forever. What you does know, the they, back of the mask look like, though? It had like this little circle gimmick. 
So, like, your hair pops out and everything like that. Your hair, like, comes out of the back. I'll, I'll send you a picture of that. What do you have, an EC, a custom ECW entrance? No, I um I made a brick wall. And I colored it in today to take some uh, some beauty shots. So, But, yeah, so then, like, I've known of Threadheads through the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And I was like, I wanted to get a Mark and Out shirt made. But, like, I tried contacting them months ago and they never responded to me. So I'm like, all right, let me just go on the website. So I got the I got the track pants on there, and then I was like, I was looking through shirts. I'm like, hmm, do I use an AEW shirt? I'm like, no. I'm like, I saw the NXT UK shirt. I'm like, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So <laughs> I got that, and it came this week, and I was able to customize it, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. Well, what do you like, uh, you play with it now? What's going on? <laughs> well, no, now now it's, now I'll do some figure photography with it. You know, I've got my kids' uh, ring there. You have you have your figure too. That fallen angel figure, the heads like it's. I also have like. The FTC figure, um, my buddy made me one. My face on a figure.com from FTC. But, like, my head looks really weird, and I was thinking about getting some clothes for it, and, like, some camo shorts, something like that. So, but we'll have some, we'll have, we'll have to have some matches with it. I don't think Dave has his, though, right? No, Dave, no. So, like, the and WTW figures. they're lost, right? I don't know. I don't know about that one. Hmm. Um, but the, the, the Fallen Angel figure. Rachel reached out to Matt and was like, hey, Chris saw the action figure you made. I want to get him one made for Christmas or holidays or whatever. Right. So, for those listening, Matt Cardona. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, so she reached out to him. I've had it. And then I lost it in my attic for like a year when I took like I moved my figure display from like my hallway into my back room. So I had to break down stuff. and I've been trying to find it. And now I found it. So um, I'll take a picture with the two of us. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So you enjoy it? You like it? Yeah, yeah good, it's right? Hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. I wanted to get I wanted to get a chef's hat for you. <laughs> that would have been great. There's but, probably uh, some Barbie set out there with the. I was looking on hat. Amazon. I put like chef doll accessories, but I forgot to order it. Um, but yeah, so we we now have a Brandon from Marketed figure here. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Gonna be it the- looks a lot different than a, a custom one that I used to use as myself. I know. Well, you got the NXT. You I. I I have to get in contact with them to make Mark and Out shirts, which would be cool. So yeah, yeah. so that's that's not that was been the highlight of my week. Um, the highlight of your week was my, an action figure of myself. <laughs> yeah, well, but it came in the mail on it came in the mail on Monday, and um, it came in the mail on Monday. And I was so excited. I was like, Rachel, look. She's like, that's great. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and Maddie's all about it. She's like, I want to see your friends. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Oh, and I also I can't say it that loud. But I got my son a PS5 this week, and it came in the mail yesterday. Um, but, yeah, last week when uh, everybody was going nuts about getting the uh, No Holds Barred uh, Ultimate 2-pack, I got that. Got to thank Wario, Wario64 on Twitter for uh, popping a link up, and I was able to scoop that up. And it was funny because it was like, oh, yeah, you could you know get it at the store. So I go, I get to the store, and then like an hour later, like, oh, there's a problem. So I called Best Buy immediately. I'm like, you're going to get me this thing. They're like, yep, yeah, going to ship it to you. <laughs> And Wait, what? What did you buy the the no holds barred two pack too, or no? No, I didn't. No. Well, everybody else was worrying about that. I was uh, worrying okay. about getting this thing. It was funny too because like the first link this the Twitter profile popped up, it was like put me on a queue for an hour and a half. It's like, yep, can't help you out. And then they posted another one where it was like a pack with a, a game in there already, and literally I clicked the link and it said Bing, and it's like, all right, pay out this that, and the other thing. It took like two seconds. It was amazing. And I was just, I was kept worrying. I'm like, this thing's not going to show up. It's going to show up with something else. And it showed up and it's there. It's sitting and in my it car. has a game with it? Yeah, it has a game with it. What game? Horizon something or other. Never heard of it. 
Neither neither have I. But. It's like it's crazy how difficult they are to get. I know it's like freaking trying to get tickets to Metallica in 1986. Jeez, <laughs> about to say Metallica, Bruce yeah. Springsteen. I thought you were going to say some current year thing, but or you know, Rage or BTS the... even or something like that. Rage Against the Machine in '99. I got tickets to that. By the way, they're on tour. Like they're on tour right now, and I really want to go to play an MSG for like five nights. Um, uh, I saw they got. Uh... Somebody got tackled off the stage. Yeah, Tom Morello got tackled. The guitar player got tackled because they thought he was a fan. <laughs> and the fan was still on the stage. And apparently... <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Guy Fieri was, like, at the show last night just, like, going nuts, smoking cigars and <laughs> having a great time. You know what's the craziest thing concert-wise that I saw this week? What? Dua Lipa. Somebody somehow... I don't know where this was. Somebody got fireworks in there. <laughs> and they were shooting off fireworks during her her concert. Oh yeah, that's so stupid. I don't know how do you sneak into a venue with fireworks. It was Toronto. Nope, yep, that's, that's why. I, I assume it was the Sky Dome, Canada. Canada, it's a little silly Bizarre. there. Bizarre. Yep, bizarre world. But let's uh, stop talking about our weeks. Um, and let's get into the week that was in professional wrestling. We had a pay-per-view from Ring of Honor, but as we like to do here on Mark Now, we like to go in chronological daily order. We have to start off with Friday with AEW Rampage. Uh, this was night four of Fighter Fest. And just like Fire Fest, I think this uh, the whole Fighter Fest gimmick kind of just... No, it's a cool concept, but like four nights of it. Come it's on, it's not a cool concept. It was, it was not. It was, it was dated it was, when it was when it was a thing. Anyway, Hangman Page and John Silver pick up the victory to start the show off against the Butcher and the Blade. Um, cool tag team, you could say here with Hangman Page and John Silver, especially with their friendship with the Dark Order and Hangman yeah, Page. They, they were doing double team moves, also. Yeah, absolutely. Which was, I mean, it was used to to win the match. How did Blade get busted open though? I that I I forget, but uh, I'm about it. I'm about it. Um, next up after this, you had Claudio Castagnoli come down and talk about um, his match with uh, at Death Before Dishonor, um, and said, you know, Jonathan Gresham, you think you'll outclass and wrestle me? Uh, you call yourself the Foundation, but I am. There's a crack in the Foundation because you tugged on Superman's cape. So, um, and Tully Blanchard Enterprise, which we'll talk about in a minute. Will was sitting in the skybox in the arena. Next yeah. up after this, you have Dante Martin picking uh, Lee Moriarty. Sorry, picking up the victory over Dante Martin. Really good chemistry. Yes, very, good very, chemistry. very good match too. Yeah, the young talent of AEW shining here. Um, you know, but afterwards, Matt Seidel grabs the microphone. And he says he believed in Moriarty, but next week on Rampage, he's going to have to face Matt Seidel. And Stokely Hathaway hands his business card to Lee Moriarty. They smile, and he walks away. But he didn't take it, right? Um, he just smiled. I thought I hated the commentary in this. They were like, obviously pushing. They were like, "Oh, there's uncharacteristic aggression coming from Moriarty," but like, that wasn't being shown until he cheated to win. Yeah. So maybe trying to do a little bit of a you know character turn. But like yeah. I, I, I mean, think definitely he's about to, he's probably gonna join up with Stokely. Yeah, he's probably gonna be part of Hashtag J Brands. Yeah, he'll probably be the uh, the muscle of the group, you know. Um, after the this, muscle. Yeah, you know. I'm 
I feel like Jade Protect- is the muscle. Yeah, <laughs> true. Okay, uh, just I'll <laughs> retort my statement there. Uh, next up, women's tag team action as we see Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in the ring against the team of Ashley DM Boys and Sky Blue. So expected outcome. Getting I'm Baker. glad it was longer than the the match we saw the other week, but um, obviously Britt Baker and Hayter were winning. Yeah, absolutely. This was one I think they had said uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter were like zero and six or something as a team. Really? Something like that. Wow, that's in, that's fascinating. Uh, next up, something you can kind of say, which is kind of, this is not an AEW thing to do. The Ari, the Ari Divari vignette. Oh, I wasn't talking about, I, I don't care about the Ari Divari vignette. <laughs> I was going to talk about him, we talked about Death Before Dishonor, um, but this rap battle. You know, it seems very, you could say sports entertainment, but uh, the acclaimed comes out the winners in this rap battle. I mean... Max Caster is just uh, phenomenal. I think Austin actually won this, though. Uh, uh, why? I just feel like he bam-roasted Max Caster more than Max Caster bam-roasted him. Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, gun, the Acclaim wins, but then the gun, gun Club uh, beats down the Acclaimed. But they, had, nah. uh, they had Lil Scrappy there as a judge. There were so many that's, rap artists. That's the, that's the hip-with-it fashion of AEW here. I don't know who Little Scrappy. I don't listen. I'm to saying <laughs> he was popular three years ago, four years ago. Well, you know what? There's pro- as I said last week. There has there's a big hip hop and rap based contingency in, in the Atlanta, Atlanta area. Migos so probably- must have been busy. They must be signed exclusive to WWE. Or something. Maybe that's it. That could be it. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't watch it on there, pal. Migos are on everything. How are they not on AEW? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. But your main event. Of the evening, saw Jay Lethal picking up the victory over Christopher Daniels to ROH stalwarts in you know and two veterans of the ring putting on. I thought was a great match. Afterwards, you have Satnam saying Gorilla Slam Christopher Daniels onto the floor, and Jay Lethal taunts Samoa Joe. So you know, it's a good match. Yeah, I thought it was great. Christopher Daniels is great. The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, uh, stolen thought- nickname. No, I stole it. Actually, what? I didn't. I thought he stole it. Well, okay. I mean, so... I mean come on. <laughs> well, uh, I, what t- when did Christopher Daniels break into the business? I think How I started we... using Fallen Angel in 2001. Um, and then I took it to BCW. I took it to WCW. Then when I went to EBW, they told me, hey, you got to change your name. There's a guy in Rank of Honor called Fallen Angel. I was like, damn. So uh, that's my illustrious career of wrestling. So... That's that was Rampage. I did had, not realize he made his he made his wrestling debut in like nineteen ninety three. Yeah, like something like that. He's been around forever. I don't know when he started to call himself the Fallen Angel though, but that was definitely early on in his career. I should ask him. Hey, listen, I should just tweet at him. Probably won't get back to me. Uh, but we did have a Ring of Honor pay per view on Saturday, which uh, I watched. I was a big fan of it. Uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor 2022, hailing from the Saugus Center in Wall, Massachusetts. They had a stacked pre-show. First off, you have Cole Cabana, ROH mainstay, picking up a victory over Anthony Henry in, I thought, Colts. I, like, for me, like, watching this match, like, I love Cole Cabana. It was cool to see him back in his element doing what he does rather than being a member of the Dark Order. But it just seemed like he was, like, full of, like, piss and vinegar, and he didn't seem, like, happy, boom, boom, Cole Cabana. So maybe that's something they're going to work into, like, an ROH storyline. 
Um, you saw the new tag team of the Trustbusters, Arya Davari, who we mentioned, great uh, vignette on AEW uh, Rampage, and Slim J, Ring of Honor original, picking up the victory over the Shinobi Shadow Squad of Cheeseburger and Eli Isom. Um, next on the pre-show, you had the end. So this is where things got a little weird. So during the pre-show, very they had weird. It got so yeah, very like it, we'll we'll talk about it during the pre-show. Prince Nana shows up, ROH mainstay for a very, very long time. He says that he has purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and now all those guys are under the Embassy umbrella. So now this team of the Embassy, Brian Cage and Jasper Khan and Teoda Laioa, defeated Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. Tony Deppin was um, uh, part of the last major Ring of Honor like brand. With um, Unlimited Violence, or Violence Unlimited, with Brody King and Chris Dickinson and Homicide. Um, so it was cool to see those guys. Obviously, the embassy picks up the victory here. Big and, uh, big news site rumors that Tully Blanchard didn't show up. Uh, so then, so, so we'll talk about it here. So then the news site's saying that Tully Blanchard is no longer part of AEW. He's no longer part of Ring of Honor going forward, which is why this whole turn to the embassy happened. I thought when I was watching, it was like, oh, they're now the embassy. I'm like, I like the fact that they were the embassy because of, again, like, the embassy was such a strong stable throughout many, many years of Ring of Honor. So it's cool to see the embassy back back there. I thought Prince Nana looked fantastic. And he's, especially for guys like, you know, not narking on him because he's a great in-ring talent, but Brian Cage is not the most powerful on the microphone. No. So, it, like, with a mouthpiece like Prince Nana, I think it's great. You know, Prince it, Nana is miles above uh, Tully Blanchard, even, to me, on the microphone. And, and, and Prince Nana brings a different dynamic than Tully Blanchard. As like, well. with Tully, when they showed us stuff with the Embassy, or with the, whatever it was, Tully Blanchard Bullet Club, or whatever it was called. Enterprise. Tully Blanchard <laughs> Enterprise. <Bullet Club? laughs> like, there there wasn't anything to it. And even when he was managing FTR, it was like the nostalgia factor of, oh, we have Tully Blanchard as our manager. But he didn't, to me, it didn't really serve purpose. Yeah, I feel like now Prince Nana will kind of serve purpose with them. So, I would. I'd like to know what happened there, though. Yeah, only time will tell. But uh, after this, yeah, Willow Nightingale pick up a victory over Allison K. Um, she's part of NW Allison K, part of NWA, and Willow Nightingale's over, man. Yeah, she's great. She's a great competitor. NYWC talent, correct? Right, that's where she got her start. Uh, I don't know if it got got her start there, but uh, probably. Yeah, but uh, I think she was featured uh, Thursday on the NYWC, if I'm not mistaken. Go check out NYWC. So that was a great pre-show. Four solid matches uh, in in, a, in an hour. And that's what Ring of Honor gives you. They give you a lot of wrestling. You know, this the, the main show itself was under three hours. And they gave you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven awesome matches that the shortest match in here was ten minutes long. <laughs> so, but, so you started off the show with the Ring of Honor World Championship. I thought commentary did an excellent job saying, hey, we're starting off with... The World Championship, before the show, there was a coin toss to see if the Tag Team Championship match or the World Championship match would be the main event. The Tag Team 
The tag team uh, match won the coin toss, so the tag team championship match, two out of three falls, is your main event. But we have a new Ring of Honor champion in Claudio Tassignoli picking up the victory over Jonathan Gresham. Um, I thought it was a great technical match, but there's a bigger story that comes out of this match as the the news sites, News with a Z, are reporting that Jonathan Gresham has allegedly asked for his release from Ring of Honor. Apparently, he there was a quote-unquote cussing storm at Tony Khan over this. Um, it was just, A, I thought it was very weird that Jonathan Gresham just came out of a t-shirt. He didn't come out with this big trench coat. He didn't come out with the octopus mask. You know, he's the Ring of Honor world champion. He should come out and be looking like a champion. So for him to come out with just the the t-shirt, I thought it was a little odd. Um, what I found amazing that this was Claudio's first Ring of Honor, like World Championship, and he was in WWE for eleven years, and he was a Ring of Honor, and he was all over the place. So congratulations to Claudio. Um, I know I said it last week. I wanted Jonathan Gresham to win, but I'm I'm about Claudio, man. I. Either way, whoever won this, I was going to be happy with. Yeah, like, I'm happy that Claudio won the championship, but I don't think he should have been put in a position like that. What what, what kind of position? Like, I don't think... Because, so, when Jonathan Gresham won the, the championship back in December... Yep, final battle. It was like... He was one of the most, like, hottest topics... Why? ...in, in pro wrestling. Why? For, for winning the championship. Like, yeah, yeah. everyone singing his praises and everything and how yeah. good of a wrestler he was. And then he sat for, like, seven months almost just not being showcased. Yeah. So, I think it would have been better. Like, we had two of the, the AEW matches. He, sh- he had... Um, he defended the ROH championship against uh, Dalton Lee- Castle at one point. And Lee Moriarty. And Lee Moriarty... But those were, like, nobody, like, if you don't, how could you get a, a person over if you're not showcasing them? I, I I understand that, but that's also, that's AEW programming. It's not Ring of Honor programming. But that's and the also, same thing. They're, they're, they're clearly hyping up Ring of Honor on AEW now. And it's not like he's gone around, he went to Impact and defended the ROH title there. He went to GCW, defended the ROH title there. Apparently but that was, he defended it in, uh... On AEW Dark too against Jordan Oasis. So yeah, he defended he defended it, but nobody watches AEW Dark. It's it's right. unwatchable, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So but that's it's just unfortunate because like I think a, a win like I don't believe that if Claudio was in this match he should have lost, but I also don't believe that. I think Jonathan Gresham should still be champion, and a win over Claudio would have been a huge. I, as Victory I said, there. as I said, especially with Tully Blanchard Enterprises, they could have done some sort of like dusty finish there that kept Claudio strong, but you know kept Jonathan Gresham. Especially if they were trying to change his character to more of a heel. Like that's the one reports right. I was saying. Like he wasn't about being a heel. You know he has a certain way that he wants to present Ring of Honor. But like, unfortunately, it's a new regime with Ring of Honor. So like the idea that he had for Ring of Honor when he won the title of Final Battle is probably different from what Tony Khan and whoever is booking. Ring of Honor wants to do it now, so. Which, anyway. and it's weird, because, like, those things, Tony's always, like, they're in charge of their gimmicks and stuff. Yeah, they're in charge of their gimmicks. They're not, so. well, you know, he, I, uh, unfortunately, at the end of the day, he has final say on what happens. Right. You know, he's he's the booker man. 
you know, Jordan Grace, I think, came out last night and said, you know, 95% of what you're seeing on the dirt sheets are wrong. I so. think that might be in reference to him using his PWI ranking. I didn't even know that. That was that was one of the things that came out. Yeah, but, you know, like, I was listening to Busted Open this week, and Tony Khan goes on every Wednesday to kind of hype up, uh, hype up Dynamite and stuff like yeah. that. And he made a lot of very good points when it came to wrestling journalists. Because this is, it's not a guy, he didn't just take his dad's money, like, out of nowhere. Like, he's been working with the NFL. He works in England with the soccer league there. And he says, like, a lot of, like, the football journalists are very good. He goes, but when somebody hears a rumor about something with wrestling, it's a full-blown story now. You know, he's like, the football, he's like, the the American football journalists are very good. Like, you know, there's this rumor that's going around, it doesn't get full-blown. Well, that's like, I mean, I feel like that's most sports. There was one time, I don't remember what the actual rumor was, but I remember it might have been like, I think actually my Facebook like history today in 2015, it was, I didn't realize Dave Meltzer was reporting for baseball now too. So something big happened in baseball that ended up not being correct. Okay. I don't know if it was like a release or something or a trade you know, or something like that. This is uh this is the time of the year where uh trade deadline time. So it's probably maybe there was a big trade or something like that. But. Yeah, and it ended up not being correct or whatever, and everyone like the, the news journalists like jumped the gun. Yeah, okay. Was it Wilmer Flores? I don't know. Ah, oh, maybe with the Mets. I don't know. But anyway, let's continue on with the We'll see what, with time, you know, apparently Jonathan Gresham has deactivated all forts of social media, his Terminus account and stuff like that. So and he said that this might be his last month of professional wrestling ever. He, yeah, but he's, he's wrestled on, would be un, unfortunate. He, he's wrestling at Flair's last match. So we'll, uh, we'll talk, and we'll talk about Flair's last match in a little bit, but continuing on here, we have new ROH six man tag team champions, Dalton Castle, the boys pick up the victory over the righteous. I think um, we saw that happen in last week. Obviously, since Vincent, Vincent's been a, a mainstay in Impact Wrestling for a couple months. Right. Uh, one match that I said that was going to slap, and it did. Wheeler Yuta picks up the victory over Daniel Garcia in a pure rules match. Uh, William Regal on commentary here, which I thought was great. Um, this match showing off two very technical young talents with Wheeler Yuta getting over. And then, uh, I, I don't know, I, I guess they're continuing this. They On the media scrum... Garcia interrupted and like still like went back and forth verbally with him. Yes. And that's one of those other things where like Tony Khan talks about the, the other journalists. Uh huh. I think wrestling people who have access to the media scrum. Half of them aren't like real journal. They have like kids right. in the media They're scrum. Not. They're not. But no, there people is who no have such access thing. to that, it, it's hard to, I think, maybe navigate between kayfabe and not. Because that, they that do Daniel, stuff like that. That Daniel Garcia thing was totally kayfabe. Uh, right. But, like, that's, like, they work stuff like that into their scrums and stuff. And it's like you can call, you could you could be sitting there with FTR, you call them by their first name, their real names and everything. But there are still... Things that are kayfabe happening in these scrums. Yeah. So it's hard to, I guess, maybe intertwine the two worlds. Or for uh, new, for wrestling journalists, and I'm using my quote quote things here because I 
have like all of them suck. I'm sorry. Like Sean Ross Sapp seems I awesome. Can't, no, I can't Satin say script. that. I don't think that they suck. But like, it's hard to do stuff like that. Yeah, I know. So. But like, then you go and look at the the Vince McMahon story. None of them were the ones that dropped the. Yeah, the real news. credible journalists. <laughs> so it's uh, just I don't I don't know. Yeah, the, their anyway. sources come from within the company. Yeah, this is probably producers backstage that are feeding them freaking lunch. Yeah, and that's All what right. Tony was pissed off with the <laughs> with the Orange Cassidy theme song change. Yeah. So, all right. Continuing on, Rush Dragon Lee, outstanding. Roosh, sorry, Roosh got the pinfall over Dragon Lee. I thought this match was awesome between two brothers. They really hyped up after this match. They were saying, "Oh yeah, Dra- uh, Roosh now between AEW Mexico and um, ROH is ten and zero." With later that night, they said they said fight for the fall. It's going to be Roosh versus uh, John Moxley setting up that match. Rightfully so, Roosh deserves Roosh deserves a shot. Uh, Mercedes Martinez defeated Serena Deeb by submission. So the submission specialist getting uh, tapped out part of Mercedes Martinez. She successfully defends her uh, Ring of Honor World Championship match. I thought this match was awesome. A lot of Second fun. Second longest on the, the card. Yeah. Um, this match was, yeah, 17 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, Samoa Joe defeats Jay Lethal via submission. Um, great match. Again, two Ring of Honor stalwarts. Um, they were really working on, on Joe here, working on his arm. A lot of that out backstage stuff. So, And now where's Joe? Joe's still the ROH television champion. Well, like, he didn't even wasn't even on TV. Right, so, um, you know, maybe they're waiting for uh, this TV deal to go through Ring of Honor. So. And your main event, FTR, successfully defends their Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships in a two-out-of-three falls match against the Briscoes. Everyone's saying that their first match was the match of the year. This could be a runner-up for it because this match was unbelievable. The I think sto- Dax said this was his. Uh, he thinks this was his best match ever. Yeah, but Brandon's like, nope. It was definitely NXT uh, no, Takeover. I didn't see it. I didn't see this oh, match. Man. I can't say it. I the didn't watch storytelling that was in this match, the intensity. I heard um, a lot of good things. Oh, was, I saw. I did see they did the throwback to NXT Takeover. Yes. And you would love that where they're tra- where they're grabbing each other's hands, yeah. they, so they wouldn't tap out. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm like, oh man, Brandon be sitting here. And I saw, <laughs> I saw the uh, spot where Dax and one of the Briscoes were like bare knuckle brawling almost. That went all over the internet. Yeah, it's like, I like you're that two drunk uncles at a. Uh... But because it I... looked, it looked like yeah, you could tell that there were punches and stuff, but it looked legit. So yeah, and they made this match seem legit. For a 43-minute match, this was not didn't feel 43 minutes. FTR gets the win as Dax hits a spike pile driver off the second in what was an unbelievable match. Go out of your way to watch this match. It was fun. FTR, man. If, if there's a tag team of the year, it's FTR. If there's a wrestler of the year, it's Dax Harwood. Bravo to these guys. Bravo to... Everybody that was involved in putting together an awesome Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Did this I, remind you of, like, One Night Stand, the first one at all, or no? No, nah, not, really. not at all. No, not at all. And I thought, you know what, like, the crowd seemed a little lull at times, but, like... I mean, there was nobody there. No, it was packed. Mm. I saw the... I was... I saw people... <laughs> I, saw, I pe- saw the picture, brother. I saw, I saw people in Facebook groups posting pictures, and it was, it was full, so... No, nah, they had and that they one the, side was not. Yeah, because that's the that's the non TV side. Who sits on that side anyway? The, I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, well, you go to a WWE show, that whole that whole spot's uh, tarped off too. Regardless, that's one pro wrestling slash marking out. 
Great show by Ring of Honor. I don't know when we're going to get another Ring of Honor pay-per-view, but I will definitely be ordering it because it's fun and it's professional freaking wrestling. It's like a shame that they didn't have it like ready to go. What? They're like, oh, our next event, such and such date. You'd think so. But the Death Before Dishonor 2 came out of nowhere. So it's like probably lining up their cards, and especially over the past couple months that AEW's had with Forbidden Door, and then going into Blood and Guts, and then this, and then that, and then, you know, Revolution, stuff like that. It's like trying to figure in when to do ROH stuff, too. You know, we're now six and a half weeks out uh, till all out. And that road started at Dynamite. Fight for the Fallen, where them donating uh, money to, I think it was $100,000, they said, to Oceana, protecting the world's oceans. So bravo to them. Uh, and you started off with John Moxley picking up the victory over Roosh, which I thought was a very hard-hitting, uh, fast-paced match. Yeah, Roosh attacked Mox before the match even started. They... Yeah. Roosh is, ma- yeah. Roosh is like intro, like like uh, entranceway get-up, I think is just, it, it looks so good. You can say it's toyetic. The yeah. mask, the the white suit. What it was maybe called? like uh, two minutes into the match, they were already bleeding. Mox was bleeding. <laughs> hey, Absolutely like... disgusting that Roosh licked the blood. I don't know if that was a shoot or not. <laughs> I don't know like... if he actually connected his tongue to his hand. That's disgusting. Brandon's like, Bleh! yeah, it's gross. But Andrade got involved behind the referee's back. Lucha Bros came and chased him away. I think. I mean, obviously, I knew Roosh wasn't winning. It would have been nice to see him actually win because it would have been unexpected. Yeah. So, but, but, yeah. I liked William Regal on commentary saying that they actually, uh, he tried to push WWE to signing him to NXT, but he was too brutal. Who, Roosh? Yeah. And that, sh- like, showed definitely in this match. So. Yeah, he is. And it showed cool. in that Dragon Lee match, too. Mm. That he's very, very brutal. But after this... Um, Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> Jericho Appreciation Society comes out with their newest member, Anna JAS. Yeah, so she's like she's solidified herself as a heel now, and I mean she cut for, she cut a good a decent promo. Yeah, a really like you could say bitchy promo. Yeah, and Jericho uh, he beat Kingston. Now he wants to beat Moxley. He wants the title at Quake by the Lake, but Mox said he'll accept only if Chris Jericho is Lionheart Chris Jericho. So Jericho with another gimmick. Hopefully he uses the same tights and the same outfit from his luminary figure that just came out. Um, but I one thing I, 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 I want to say here that I really liked was, you know, oh, you're the interim champion. John Mox is saying, enough with the interim champion BS. I'm the AEW champion. Yeah. And, Listen, <laughs> he is the AEW champion. He It's not like he's wrestling one day a week. He's going out there. He's the AEW champion. He's doing indies. He's doing GCWs. He's, he's doing, wrestling a lot more than I think Sam He's Punk sponsored by a non-alcoholic beer company, which was an out, uh, outstanding <laughs> little vignette that the company put out. So, But at Quake, Quake in the Lake, it's going to be John Moxley against Lionheart Chris Jericho. I saw somebody... Uh... What is it? Is it, uh, is it Minnesota? Yes, Minnesota. Somebody was like, I'm from Minnesota, and I don't know what lake they're talking about. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I thought it was it was a very silly uh, name as well. Yeah, because they're closer to a river. Yes. But mm-hmm. after this, they announced the trio's titles. They showed them off. They, uh, Beautiful. They're, they're going to have a championship tournament 
ending it all out. The titles themselves, they reminded me of the NWA tag team titles that uh, WWE and TNA used. Okay. I think yeah, they're I guess... like almost like spot on for that. Oh, they look beautiful. But think... uh, later on, Brandon Cutler was hyping up the Young Bucks and he wants to be champion with them. And they ran into Hangman and they went to apologize almost, but Dark Order interrupted that. So they're kind of playing this like romance, bro, bromance, rom-com Will but they, won't they? Also, the, the the rumors that have been going around on the news sites, News with a Z, is that Kenny Omega is ready to come back. And also, like, you've been hearing rumors for months. They're not doing trios titles until Kenny Omega is ready to come back. So my assumption is, like, the Bucks are going to look for everybody. No, I'm jumping forward here. I'm jumping forward here. But, you know, next week they're saying the Undisputed Elite's going to come back. So you could see right. maybe Kenny Omega coming back next week, and then you see the split in the Undisputed it's futile. It'll be it'll it'll be Adam Cole and, and the Red Dragon versus uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks in the finals, and Kenny Omega and the Bucks will win the trios title. But did like, you did you see Xavier Woods completely dunk on Kenny Omega? No. On Twitter? No. So Xavier Woods now has a skin in, in Fall Guys. Fall Guys that you could purchase, uh, and, and someone, so does Undertaker and Oscar. Yeah, and someone was I guess they tweeted about that they, they didn't get the crown or whatever. And Woods was like, Oh, it looks like you got a crown to me. Cause it's King Woods. Yeah. Omega was like, um, the person, let's see the actual tweet. The person goes, uh, Woods goes, I don't know. It looks like you got the crown to me. And then Omega goes kind of like you, that person didn't earn it, which explains the disappointment. Don't worry, my friend. Once Kenny Omega, once a Kenny Omega skin drops, you shall have it your moment in the sun. And, <laughs> Creed responds, earned? Besides earning my crown, I earned spots in Gears of War, Bomberman, Brawlhalla, and now Fall Guys, but congrats on being available in the 2K community creations. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier was, man. I, I, and Speaking of other people that got skins in video games, John Cena's in Fortnite. Yep. Yep, uh, Jordan got him this morning. John Cena and Roman Reigns also have four, uh, skins in... Um, Rocket that, League, and that's yes. very disappointing. You got to pay for it. Yeah, I know. Well, you have to pay for. You have to get like bucks to get the uh, Undertaker and yeah, Woodskin, so and Oscar too. Yep. So, but also like there's there's seeding trios action here too because also there was backstage segment with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Sutton Singh saying they have unfinished business with the best friends. So like, and that's gonna be a match on Rampage. So like, as I said, like there's so many trios you could put eight teams. In, but ultimately, it's going to be Kenny Omega in the box being the first. And, well, now hold on a second, because FTR tweeting out, they want to team with CM Punk. Yeah, but apparently CM Punk's, they're saying, like, he's still, he's not going to be ready for all out. Well, we shall see. So, uh, next up after this was, I think, my favorite, like, you could say kind of segment out of Rampage. It started off with absolute Ricky Starks picking up a victory over Dan Housen for the FTW title. Beyond quick. Beyond quick, but uh, it's, it's Dan Housen. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a good wrestler, but, like, he's a comedy wrestler, and he, he, I thought he looked good in this match. Afterwards, Starks gets on the microphone and says he can still do this. He's, you know, he's still ready to go. Who wants to come out? And then Hook comes out. Kind of reminiscent of what we spoke about last week. Yes. Spoke Just sped up. Short, sweet, to the point. Hook is now your new FTW champion. Hits the red rum. Now he's called, uh, what is it, Diablo Guapo? Yeah. They're calling that, which I think is cool. It's, it's a little change. He has orange trunks now. 
Hook is now your FTW champion. And there was the mutual appreciation between yes, each other afterwards. That's what that's what I really liked. You know, he gives him the you know the fist bump, the dap at the end of it. And then afterwards, then Ricky Starks gets on the microphone and pours his like blood and guts out to everybody, saying, you know, he's he's not a stranger to losing. Um, he exceeded all expectations. Uh, he doesn't want to, it's not a string of bad luck, it's just a string of bad timing. That's why me and Hobbs, boom, Hobbs knocks him out. Hits the spine busher, buster, you see Ricky Starks' head like bounce off the mat, and it seems like Team Taz is done, essentially. So, like, in this whole thing, you get two quick, good matches, you get a change in a championship that is now, like, you kind of, like, you're kind of now, like, I'm trying to think of the right word. You're kind of hyped up about, like, me personally, like, I'm hyped up about the FTW championship. Because we talk about, like, what's Hook doing after Hookhausen and everything like that. Right. Now they're kind of... My boy! (laughs) But, like, and, like, but, too, like, that's what I love, too. Like, also being a father, like, you could kind of say Taz was a little, like, he cut a he cut a very emotional backstage promo it with was, Hook afterwards. But like, to, like he said a lot of very poignant things in that thing too. He's like, Hook's been seeing this FTW championship sitting on my mantle for years, yeah. and now he's representing it, and he's representing everything that this thing was built on. He said the reason why this title is here because I wasn't given a title shot somewhere else, so I made my own title and made it a renegade title. And that's what, like, Hook has been about. He's just been this renegade doing his own thing, and now he has a championship that embodies it. It's, it's, excuse me, it's, it's effing awesome, is what it is. I wish that they gave us more time to process what Hobbs did. That's a lot, that's what a lot of people are saying. Because, like, as soon as that happened, they immediately cut to the acclaimed to set up a rampage thing. Yes. So, so that was, I think, unfortunate, but th- this well thing, done, well th- done by by Starks, well done by Hobbs, there. well done by Hook, well done by Danhausen. Let's just say Danhausen was great here. He got a huge pop. I think he had one of the loudest pops out of all the dynamite this week. It's a possibility. Yep. As I take a sip of uh, <laughs> water here for the working man, sorry for covering me up. Um. So like, and it shows you like the youth of AEW here being on, being on display. You know, like, yes, they have the WWE guys, but you have guys like Starks and Hobbs and Hook and, and Dan Housen and all these guys. And it continued in the next match as Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti picks up a victory over Dante Martin with Sky Blue. Like, but, like, the, the, the funny thing here is, like, the promo that, like, set up this match goes, yo, yeah, you're going to have Ty Conti in your corner? Well, I'm going to have someone, too. Sky Blue! Like, everyone's thinking, like, oh, it's going to be Ruby Soho or it's going to be this person. But, nope, yeah. it's going to it didn't really make sense that it was sky blue it ran like out of nowhere. But apparently it's his shoot real life girlfriend. I believe so, yeah. yeah. But Sammy and Ty tried to leave and then Martin went after him and I mean Sky just stood there. She didn't even like try to help. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Only afterwards when Anna J ran down to attack her. But Ruby Soho, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz chased them off, so it was like as if Eddie Kingston and Ortiz were chasing off two women. I didn't like that part. Dante Martin, apparently, unfortunately injured. Yeah. And I would say he was working a lot slower than normal matches in that match. There was one part where it seemed like Sammy knocked him out at Mm -hmm. one point. I don't know. I thought, I thought he had a concussion. Seriously. I was like, 
He looked no. a little off after he got he rocked. Was, he was looking like his knee got hurt, and it seemed like he's been on crutches now. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not backstage at AEW, but it's unfortunate. But you have backstage sources, especially for this week, right? <laughs> Big time. So, again, like, so they, they – so – this is a big thing that I've been reading a lot. Like the youth of AEW this week has really been on, has been on shine. Another guy coming back from injury, coming back from getting beat up by uh, Christian Cage is Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy cut the promo of his life. Called him a word that we can't say on this show. Called him a cat. We can say. And then he, and then he that, said like, uh, that. He... Like I was sorry to cut you off, but like when I was watching dynamite i'm just like all right what is he gonna say and then he just comes out with that line i'm like boom i'm invested in whatever he's gonna say now and then uh yeah he was saying how he realized that christian really did need that battle royal win because that's when his wife divorced him or whatever and they did like the call me gimmick yeah and then luchasaurus's heel turn really wasn't explained he said, yeah, he's like, he made a mistake, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, like... And, and Christian then, interrupted him, talking about, uh, while he was talking about burying his father. And he I said saw, he's going to put him in a body bag. I saw somebody on Twitter that was like, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus in two weeks. And it was the Big Boss Man and Big Show uh, thing. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, next up after this, you have Swerve Strickland picking up the victory over Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Keith Lee was banned from ringside. It was a uh, decent match between Tony Nisa and Swerve. Yeah, I thought it was obvious good. outcome, but yeah, I still I enjoyed that part. And uh, Keith Lee was shown backstage, taken out by Josh Woods, former Pure Champion. Yeah, so it seems like that Mark Sterling had a Plan C, and that was Josh Woods. So maybe now, out of nowhere, Josh Woods and Tony Nisa are going to be the number one contenders next week and get a tag team title shot over FDR. That's a possibility, and I guess that's a title that uh, Tony Nisa could. Put around his waist. Yeah, absolutely. And he took Swerve out afterwards, too, so. So, it, it seems like now this is the, the tag team feud going forward for the titles. Uh, mm. I, I mean, FTR should be champions of everything, but that's yeah, just me. well. But uh, after that, we saw a Brody King promo where he challenged Darby Allen to a coffin match. Yeah, great, good. Hopefully, Brody King wins. I hope he does. Put put Darby Allen off of TV for a while, since you know Sting is apparently off of TV too. And, uh, is he? I don't know. He got sprayed in the face last week. So, and then and then apparently uh, Brody got a tattoo of. Uh, yeah, Jones. that's kind of bizarre, huh? If you have as many tattoos as Brody King, another tattoo is like. No, I'm at the point now. Like I have so many tattoos. I'm like, if I got a tattoo of like something weird, like whatever. But you got to be like good friends with him, no? Like who? I mean, Darby Allen, if you're putting his name on you. I mean, if I got a tattoo of you on my you leg. Would, you would do that? No. <laughs> Maybe that, like, PWG-style shirt that we never uh, released. Thanks, Nick Patocho, for making it. Do it up. I know, right? No, this is BLF. I want that on my leg. <laughs> Brandon likes feet. <laughs> Put it on my foot. God, that's so stupid. All right. After, After this- that, we saw Thunder Rosa pick up the victory over Miu Yameshta to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, Yameshta had a lot of hype behind her, a lot of hate behind her because fans don't know who she is. But I was pumped for this match because she had so much hype. And I think it delivered. 
Uh, Even I though kinda, I think it kind of fell short a little bit. For I me. mean, there were some awkward spots that were that maybe caused spot by on some the ring apron where she couldn't like she was sandbagging her the entire time. I don't think that was sandbagging. I just think that might have been like height or something. I don't know because they're, they're obviously a lot shorter than the the top rope. But I mean, I, to get it was it was it was odd. But uh, yeah, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a breath of fresh air, and I thought it was better than the main event. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? I thought, I 100%. Okay, let's talk about. Again, Daniel Garcia picks up a victory over Brian Danielson. This is Brian Danielson's first match back. He have suffered some sort of concussion. What? In two months after Double or Nothing. Yes, after Double or Nothing. I like the fact that Daniel Garcia got the win over here. Again, I said it er, I said it five seconds ago. The youth of AEW shined this week. Yes, but it also played... Commentary played a role here. Where they're like... Oh, you know, like, Brian Danielson, like, hit his head. When he was going for the comeback, he just immediately fell down. And they're like, oh, maybe Brian Danielson did come back way too early from this head injury. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that aspect of the I, match. I liked it. Because... Like, when Brian hit that dropkick and he went limp, I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah. And then he got back up, he fell again, and then I just, I feel like it was dumb. Especially for, like, storyline-wise, given his history with head injuries, the minute he was laying there limp on the mat, to me, that you call the match. He let the match continue, and then he fell over. He, like, stumbled and fell over. I said during the comeback. That's like, hello, like, how do you not call the match after that? You let him go out out of the ring where the mat was lifted up, DDT on the concrete. I just I didn't like them doing like a work concussion thing, okay. but if you take that aspect out of it, I I thought it was a fine match. I liked the most of that, just not the the concussion part. So like, if they didn't do the concussion part and di- and Daniel and Garcia- Jake Hager didn't get involved, I thought I mean I couldn't it- like there's this was the only match that I couldn't have predicted because I didn't realize they were going to do a work concussion and I didn't realize they were doing a Jake Hager spot. Yeah, well, the Jake Hager spot, like, helped Daniel Garcia win because he had his leg, turns around, boom, hits a spike pile driver, and then yeah. hits the, uh, you know, the modification of a sharpshooter in there for the win. Yeah, but so, if you, again, if you take out that concussion part, I'm, I'm fine completely with that match. But it gives Daniel Garcia a huge victory here. Um, but it's I, not like a, everyone's saying, like, oh, this was, like, such a, a prestigious win or whatever, but it's not because... Brian Danielson wasn't himself. He was another thing with the okay. work concussion, and then also Jake Hager getting involved. So it's not like I want to go. I want to go back to commentary because they were really telling the story here, where Chris Jericho says all the time, "Sports entertainers outbeat wrestlers." And what happened in this main event? A sports entertainer out beat a wrestler. So it works into that whole storyline here. I'm about it. Again, you're giving young talent a time to shine here, regardless. That's two of if it was a clean or dirty win. I thought maybe we'd uh, see Brian go back to like the WWE style where Vince was like holding him back. Okay. And then like within minutes in the match, he's doing the suicide dive to the <laughs> outside. I was like, yeah. well, and he drops right down on his face. I'm like, ah, eh, well. So. Guess not. That's yeah. So I thought fight for the fallen. Great, great episode. I, again, I'll say it. This is the fifth time I've said it. The t- the young talent shined here. Um, I'm all about Hook being the FTW champion. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this. Um, 
and we'll see what's going to go on for next week too on AEW. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, you know, we're I think we're now six weeks out of All Out, so now you're going to see the, the the trios tournament kind of take place. You're going to see Kenny Omega. I'm assuming the main event of All Out's going to be Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. They're going to run. Oh yeah, they're going to run that back. I would hope not. Yeah, I mean, and then it maybe- sucks. I was like, I mean, I, it was obvious that the trio titles were going to be a thing, but there's always like one thing that I I wish. Outside of the referees and stuff, <laughs> and like the no storylines, almost I I wish for like less trios matches. Yeah, well, now you're it's gonna... just like super saturated in this coming month. <laughs> it's oh, it's just, gonna be super saturated. The rest of the summer is all trios, definitely. Yeah, every match is. Well, no, I wonder how many we... matches are in the tournament. I hope that you. Okay, so let's. I want to write. Let me get a piece of paper here because let's write down like how many trios. They have an AEW that they can use here. All right, let me get a piece of paper. Let me get my handsy dandy notebook, a pen. It used to be Team Taz, not anymore. Nah, you, you can't. No, Team Taz. So you got best friends, obviously. Best friends. Uh, you you can have that team of Jay. I mean, we, if if you start in alphabetical order on their roster page, Aaron Solo, the Factory, is one. Okay, so you can have the Factory. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know when Undis- Kyle O'Reilly is good or what. Undisputed. Uh, Adam Page. So you could have Adam Page in the and Dark Order. And Dark Order or with the Young Bucks. Uh, Alan Angels. Is still on their roster page? He is. Wow. Okay. Is he not? No, was, didn't his contract, isn't his contract up and he's not there anymore? Wasn't that 10? No, 10's still there. 10's been teaming with the uh, one, uh, Evil Uno, sorry. That's weird. So you have any of the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. But Dark Order is is a possibility. Yeah, I, put, I put Adam Page in the Dark Order. The Gun um, Club? Who has Angelico been teaming with? Uh, Butcher and the Blade. So there's a possibility. Butcher, Blade, and Angelico. Uh, Leon Ruff and Bear Country. What are they called? Roughing it? Yeah. Love it. Jericho Appreciation, like you said. The Gun Club. Yep, I said the Gun Club. Um, I'm hoping that, like, the Acclaim versus the Ass Boys, and if the Ass Boys lose, they have to use that music. That's what I'm, ho- I'm hoping the big thing is at it. Um, the House of Black. Yeah. House of Black right there. Um, I guess technically uh, the uh, the Embassy. There. No, that's more of a Ring of Honor team. But he's still, like, Brian Cage is here listed on the page, so. Really? So that's technically maybe. Was Brock Anderson teaming with anybody? Uh, he, Lee Moore, no, Lee, Sh- uh, Lee Johnson. So maybe another member there. Yep, you could do that. Um, trying to think who else. Best friends, you said. I said best friends. Jay, um, Jay Lethal and uh, Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. House of Black, I said. Uh, Death Triangle. So that's one. Uh, what I'm looking at, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So there's like eleven feasible I, teams that you can use in here. I do feel like we're struggling with this, though. I know, and there's so many trios. <laughs> so it's like, there's no like prominent three-man teams, though. House of Black? Yeah, I mean... Death Triangle? Best but, friends, but not really. Best friends are uh, it's a very with like, tree. but like Pack is gone. 
Well, yeah, he's. We uh, haven't seen the, the the new championship anywhere on TV here. Well, it's been on YouTube, but again, you know, we know your opinions when it comes to uh, UFC. Yeah, I, I don't think that should have like. How do you not have the the TN the not TNT the brand? Well, speaking of TNT, where the hell's Wardlow? <laughs> he had a promo saying he's just gonna kick. He's gonna kick, can I say the S word? No. Damn, he's gonna kick the poop out of everybody, and he said like poop. But th- when was that? That was during <laughs> a dynamite. He he was on TV. No, he just had they had a vignette for him. Oh, I, I don't, I missed that. Yeah, um, he's saying he's just gonna kick the ass out of everybody, and he said ass a bunch of times. Chuck Taylor is probably really sad that he was the first person to say it on TV. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what see what this tournament looks like. I'm hoping on Rampage they kind of show us the brackets, which would be cool. Uh, and maybe they did. But anyway, let's uh, get off of AEW and let's talk about a legend. Would you would you be opposed if they put like a women's team in there? I don't think they would, but would you? You can't just put one woman's team in there. Yeah, maybe you can, though. Yeah, against what? Who? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you put Britt Brit Baker, Jamie Haverhill, and Reba against the, the House of Black? No, I just any, I don't know. Uh, I would kind of be opposed to it, because I feel like there's a lot of tag teams now, so maybe they're hyping for a women's tag uh, division. I don't know. The last time we had that, they, they gave them medals. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Ivelisse doesn't even work there anymore. No. Where the hell's Diamante? She's just dark. Yes, I think so. So, All right. So let's let's stop talking about AEW. We got some other wrestling talk to talk about. We got to talk about the end of a legend. Jim Rick- Crockett promotion somehow. <laughs> and Ric Flair is retiring for the 17th and final time. I still uh, really have no idea how they were able to get Jim Crockett promotions. I don't know. Well, you know, it's, they, Rick, Fla- it's Ric Flair, so. I, I asked... I tweeted a Conrad and, he, and I was like, how's this even a thing? <laughs> and I think he said David Crockett um, was, was uh, he trademarked it. But like how, if WWE owned WCW, I don't understand how they didn't have that in there as well. But I mean, so I guess he owns it, but that's weird. I don't know. But anyway, Starcast 5 is happening this weekend. And the main attraction of it is Ric Flair's last match. July 31st from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. And it's not just Ric Flair's last match. We'll talk about it in a second. This is Forbidden Door. This is Forbidden Door because you have everything on here. You have MLW, where you have the Von Erichs facing off against the Briscoes. You're going to have New Japan. Clark Connors is going to be against Ren Narita. You're going to have no, more... Uh, what? Clark Connors got injured. Oh, he did? Oh, then Starcast has to update. Who's it going to be now? Um, Yuya... Yamura. Okay. More MLW action as Killer Cross will be facing off against Harry Smith. You're going to have for the Impact Knockout Championship, Jordan Graves facing off against Rachel Ellering and Deanna Perrazzo. The Impact World Title match will be on the line as Josh Alexander faces off against MLW star Jacob Fatu. You're going to have AAA action as Ray Phoenix, Taurus, Laredo Kid, and Bandito face off in a four-way Dream Impact Tag rematch. Even though the dream tag, the word dream, anything in wrestling is overplayed. The Wolves, who have been uh, tagging recently, which I, I really like, are going to be facing off against the Motor City Machine Guns. You're going to have a combination of new and old school, where Kerry and Ricky Morton will be facing off against Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Yeah, so it's you, could like... add, you could add Brock Anderson to the Varsity Blondes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, no. Yeah, you can. Um... You're going to have the bunkhouse. You're using the four horsemen name here. Yeah, it's it's the four horsemen versus Rock and Roll Express. (laughs) The bunkhouse battle royal. 
You're going to have a four corners match between Jonathan Gresham, Nick Wayne, Alan Angels, and Kanosuke Takeshka. I can say that now. Wow. Uh, and then your main event, Ric Flair's last match. It's going to be him and his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, facing off against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. So, WWE and AEW teaming up against WWE and AEW. I know. This is this is the real Forbidden Door. How, How did they, they get WWE on a card with MLW? Um, I Yeah, right. Jeez. Well, I think this was like probably put into play before Jeff Jarrett went back. A hundred percent. I mean, so, it was... Put it to play before Ric Flair was welcome back to the package. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that happened this week, right? Uh, no, a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. So, but but uh, the fact that WWE is main eventing this card with an AEW superstar. Forbidden door. Oh, and they're not, God. obviously, they're not mentioning WWE, but Double J got a big weekend this, this weekend. Yeah, he's got to uh, be the referee for uh, a tag team championship match, and then he's got to go. Uh, Put a guitar. Imagine he hits Ric Flair over the head with a guitar. I I feel like he'll be <laughs> the one getting hit though. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of gimmicks. They should have Beetlejuice do a running. <laughs> <laughs> now you're really reaching there, Brandon. I mean, that's one of the most famous guitar shots. Yes, I know. I was there for it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Not backstage, but but, but they are selling like every gimmick imaginable. For this thing. Like, you got a poster. <laughs> you got a Major Bendy signed by him. You have a bottle of rosé, which is called Wooze. Wooze, yeah. Um, you have a megaphone. <laughs> there is a 22-ounce cup. There's, And then I think there's, like, sandals, too. No, there's sold out. Shot glasses. They have Band- the 3D-printed experience as well. Oh, yeah. You can take a picture of you. Uh, it's it's, it's it gets it, it gets turned into a statue of you and Ric Flair. <clears throat> they also have Lita, Mojo, and Nia Jax. Oh, yeah. But I, apparently, like, everybody and anybody's going to be at StarCast this weekend. Yeah. So, the major, the major Pod is doing a show at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. So, pretty damn cool, man. Yeah, Brian Danielson's going to be there. Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Miro, Kevin Nash, Foley. Foley. Yeah, me, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of shows, a lot of stuff. GCW, I think, is going to be there, too. Uh, Bret Hart's going to be there. They have the roast of Ric Flair. That's right. That's right. Ticket. Um, what else was there? There was something else, too. Um, Russ Ric Flair, GCW, Foley, Father James. Foley's doing a show. Yeah, Foley's pod is on Sunday. Uh, Chris Van Vliet with Claudio is going to be on Saturday. Renee Paquette with Brian Danielson. The Sessions. New Japan's doing a show there. Nash has a, a podcast. The Horsemen, I think, have one. Brett so I, might have a stage uh, thing. Johnny Gargano has a stage show also. Yep, Paige, Matt Hardy. Um, they're close. Bret Hart, thirty years later, so yeah, millions well, of things, millions of things, and hopefully we'll talk about it next week. But um, we're gonna this take is a- Double J Country. This is double- that's why it's that's why he's a uh, part of this Double J Country. So anyway, let's take a quick break. Uh, so Brandon and Dave, we talked to you about the world of sports entertainment, and we'll be right back here on Marking Out. What's up, everybody? This is Dolph Ziggler, and you are listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 599. I'm uh, being joined here, right here, by Dave. You could obviously follow hey, him yo. on Twitter. David. <laughs> Dave. David. Is it David? David. P-T-D-P-T. <laughs> How are you doing? You know, I'm doing awesome as always. Interesting. And, oh yeah. Ooh, gimmick infringement. 
Ooh, we may have to uh, get that pulled from pro wrestling tees. But, <laughs> but why, why do you know that? <laughs> why don't I? And I like I pretty much know everything about everything. But this is five ninety nine, and next week it is six zero zero. That means that it's six hundred. Can you believe that we have been doing this for six hundred episodes? Six hundred weeks in a row, almost. Wow, it's pretty crazy. You know. It is what a ride for sure, you know, but yeah, I am doing good. He's doing great, I'm but doing we good. have, we have some WWE to talk about, uh, kicking it off with some Monday night raw mm, Monday night nitro live from the world's most famous arena in manhattan new york city new york new york the big apple madison square garden and nobody should ever dispute that msg live from it uh it opened with a brawl between logan paul and miz yo i loved it this is totally fresh and new i wouldn't say fresh and new but it's certainly something we don't always see I mean, it's very similar to TNA, TNA, might as well, uh, AEW, how they open with, like, the match right away. It wasn't a match. What no, are you talking about? It was it, a brawl. Exactly. But, th- but WWE AEW would right never open with a brawl. Get out of here. What are you talking about? What? When would they open with a brawl? No, no. They open up with their matches. Like, there's no, yeah. there's no mic or anything like that. It just goes straight into the action. So, I like how WWE Raw... Open straight into the action of that brawl. And it made sense, too. NXT does that also. Hello. Do they? Yeah. I don't pay attention enough for the opening. Big time. But uh, that happened, and uh, then it moves on to the bloodline where Roman Reigns... Did you see why they did that? Why what? Why they started with the brawl? I mean, I saw what they showed us. I don't know if you... Apparently, they opened up with the brawl. I mean, so they should say. They opened up with the brawl because they were worried that Logan Paul, working a face right now, was going to get heavily booed at MSG. So the way to get around it... Spoiler alert. (laughs) Was, yeah. So the way to get around it was to have Logan Paul already out there brawling when they went on air. So this way it didn't open up with him getting the boos. Well, regardless, that's a spoiler alert because he did not uh, didn't really get cheered. But we saw Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman come out and, and Paul spoke, which it popped me when the microphone wasn't working. Yeah. And Paul was like, oh, the sound guy must be from New Jersey. And I thought that was funny because as a New Yorker, we're, we're just like grown. We're, we're, we're taught to hate New Jersey. Because it's a dumb I mean, <laughs> but what I mean, what is there to like about New Jersey, though? There are nice places in New Jersey. I met Rev Run in a really nice place in New Jersey. So what place? Uh, it was give, give uh, them a shout out for I being the Clifton, one nice place in New Jersey. What was it? Clifton Park, maybe Clifton Park is in upstate New York. No, this was 100 percent Clifton Park, New Jersey. Clifton Park, New Jersey, that's 100 percent a thing. I mean, New Jersey got Wawa's. Yeah, but I don't like Wawa. I I like Wawa's. They got a, Great Adventure. I'm a quick check guy. I, you should know that. 
Yeah, they got great. Adventure. And I've never been to. I've been to the uh, Safari at Great Adventure, but who goes to out to who goes all the we, way? No, out no, to... we were on the way home. No, it was my dad, my younger brother, and my grandma. We were on the way home from Philadelphia, and we're not going to a theme park. We were just. My dad was like, "Hey, you want to go to the zoo portion or whatever the the ride through <laughs> safari?" And we're like, "Okay," so we did that. Jersey's got to step their game up overall. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Jersey that I'm sure is great. I like the Prudential Center; it's a very nice venue. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, and I've of course MetLife Stadium. Eh. The area around MetLife Stadium is not great, but. Yeah, MetLife Stadium uh, is a lot better than Giant Stadium was. So, mm-hmm. but again, Monday Night Raw, Paul Heyman ran down some things that Brock Lesnar's ruined, including the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. Boo! <laughs> and he brought up Roman Reigns and how Brock's not going to ruin that party. And then Austin Theory came out. And claimed he'll be the next champion. And then Roman Reigns was like, say it to my face. Get into the ring and say that. Roman Reigns ends up saying that Austin Theory has absolutely no clue what to do with the briefcase. And said that he himself needs a wise man of his own. And out came Alex Riley. I wish. But uh, (laughs) Roman Reigns ends up dropping the line saying, daddy's not there anymore. I would have believe alluding to vince yeah unless he's alluding to johnny gargano i have no idea i'm, because, I'm, I'm gonna go with vince <laughs> because it both work for austin theory but uh yeah so on the way out of the usos were out there also jay ends up slapping theory's neck so austin theory attacked him with the briefcase and then roman reigns stopped them from fighting back and then the next segment we get into is Austin Theory about to cut a promo. Gets cut off by Drew McIntyre. Very odd. Didn't know why Drew McIntyre was there. He ends up in a match against Austin Theory. Wins via DQ. So maybe this was to make it seem like Austin Theory wouldn't maybe cash in on Saturday. It's very possible. I mean, he can't catch. Well, I mean, he also, Theory, has a match versus Lashley already. Right. So if he's going to be going into this match versus Lashley banged up, I mean, to think that he's going to cash in wouldn't be prime time for him. And everyone's like, oh, the brand split is the, the brand split is dead. As if we've never seen stuff like this before. We've had yeah. that rule where you're allowed to have like a certain amount per year, or whatever. I'm sure they're over that by now, but yeah, I feel like they just like whoever needs to be booked is just booked now. I mean, look at Ronda Not Rousey. Not to mention it's Smackdown Madison Square Garden and it's the the Raw before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So it's like not far fetched that you'd have people from SmackDown over there. Yeah, exactly. But- the Brawling Brutes, other group from SmackDown, end up jumping Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley ran down, made the save, and that gets turned into a tag team match where Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, former partners, former enemies, teamed up and picked up the victory over Austin Theory and Sheamus. Yeah. Um, Sheamus' friends got banned from ringside, too. Yeah. I like the uh, the, the the knee that Sheamus delivered to Dude. Bobby Lashley. 
That was when sick. He went to, uh, when he went to Spear, Austin yeah. Theory through the, I, the barricade. I was not expecting him to do that, too. Yeah, I like that. that but yeah, it Dolph looked Ziggler really, shows up. It looked up. really stiff. Yeah, I might have been. Who knows? Yeah. Dolph Ziggler showed up, which distracted Austin Theory, and he ended up uh, tapping to the Hurt Lock. And then the Usos hit him with the super kick afterwards. Yeah, Dolph I'm... Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler was asked about Austin Theory, and he was like, "He needs to be taught a lesson because he didn't earn it." And then AJ Styles agreed, and Alpha Academy interrupted that, and that led to a tag team challenge later on. Yeah, everybody seems to have it out for Theory. You know, you got the Bloodline, you got Ziggler, you got Lashley. You know, you got you got everybody's just going after theory. So to think that theory's going to cash in and come out victorious, he's going up a steep hill there. You know, we also let's say that he is not as injured. He does try to cash in. We have the Ziggler factor. Also, people are trying to say that he's going to be a big face, like they're building him up to be a huge baby face, and I don't see that. No, he can't. I can't see him being a baby face. He's, I don't know, he, to me, he just seems like his arrogance and stuff could carry him as a big heel. Right. There would be no reason for that. Especially being the youngest champion. Like, I took that from Brock Lesnar. Yeah, exactly, you know. But next up, you had a nice-looking vehicle pull up backstage. It did not stay impact <laughs> on the uh, vehicle. Like I thought it did. <laughs> it was a Maybach, but, right? Or Maybach, yeah. what do they call I don't know. Maybelline? I think it's a Maybach, no? Maybach? Maybe. Maybach sounds right. Ryback? No, Maybach sounds right. <laughs> but coming out of the vehicle was not anybody of a surprise from AEW or NXT. It was the Mysterio family. And after that, Rey Mysterio and Dominic made their way down to the ring for Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary celebration. Um, this was a little... I mean, they showed a package, I believe, and then they... Yeah, nice video package. Yeah, they showed the package, and then Rey Mysterio spoke to the fans. Um, he thanked Dean Malenko, Conan, Batista, Kurt Angle, Edge, Eddie Guerrero. He, he forgot about us, but that's all right. You know? <laughs> and uh, he said Dominic will eventually be representing the Mysterio legacy when he's no longer there. And he did thank the fans, you mark. He did thank us. (laughs) But Judgment Day interrupted, which led to their match. And the Mysterios picked up the victory over Judgment Day, uh, which I thought was a decent match. I liked Balor tagging himself in to stop the 619. Yeah. It randomly reminded me of... CM Punk when he turned heel and he stopped the rock from hitting the people's elbow. I think it was just like the same, like banner. Yeah. uh, I I like the fact where I I liked how Finn Balor tried to use the Eddie, uh, Eddie Guerrero tactic. Yeah. Damian Priest passed the chair in and he tried the trick and then Dominic distracted the referees. So Rey Mysterio was able to use that chair and then he did the, the Eddie gimmick Continue the match. One with the frog splash. I really like that ending of that match. Yeah, I thought that it was really cool. And I, I like that it didn't end on that DQ finish either. Even though if it did end on Finn Balor being like busted again, 
I would have popped for that ending too. And then we go backstage to Rey Mysterio's celebration, and um, they he takes a shot of uh, some Patron. They gave him the original Halloween Havoc gear and mask, which I thought was so goofy because he's like pretending to not know where it's been. Like two years ago, he let <laughs> Santos Escobar wear the tights for Halloween Havoc on NXT. So I thought that was goofy. But Rhea Ripley shows up in an Eddie Guerrero shirt, interrupts the celebration. Aaliyah surprisingly gets in her face. Now this is where it got really interesting too. And she ends up shoving her, drag Dominic out. Judgment Day beat Rey Mysterio down, put him through a table, and then uh, Rhea Ripley attacked Rey Mysterio later on as well. I mean, and this was an entire thing because Aaliyah and Rhea Ripley, I mean, Buddy Murphy. Kayfabe-wise, kayfabe-wise, Aaliyah, (laughs) I guess, dated Buddy Murphy, and now it's rumored that Buddy Murphy and Rhea Ripley are dating, so the internet exploded over that. Yeah, I mean, she did put out that tweet about climbing the ladder, like, over uh, for him and stuff. Mm. So, who knows? Who knows? But I thought that this was really a a cool spot. I liked how Dominic got distracted and everything, and when you're not even thinking about it, Ripley just comes from the side and just boots Rey Mysterio right in that injured shoulder. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really a cool spot. Rey Mysterio was wearing a variation of that Halloween Havoc gear, the Phantom mask, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. After that, Bianca Belair came out, but Becky Lynch attacked her, or not attacked her, interrupted her before um, before Bianca Belair could say anything, and then she this, ended up attacking her. This was a little bit, I don't know, awkward for me. You know, because you had Bianca being like, I am the bestest, I am the westest, I am the whateverest. And, like, you just have Becky Lynch walking closer and closer, and then it just, I don't know, there was something about it that seemed weird. I don't know, but it led to a brawl. It did. Kind of like, I mean, it was a pull-apart brawl also. Yeah, yeah, they were battling on the commentary table. Yeah, I thought it was a good segment there. Yeah, I totally agree. Next up, you had Alexa Bliss pick up the victory over Dewdrop. Prior to the match... Yeah, Alexa, Alexa Bliss cutting Bliss. a promo uh, in the Gorilla, um, pretty much saying that she is going to reclaim her position as the top in the women's division, which I yeah. liked. Yeah, but the match itself, Nikki A.S.H. got involved, but Alexa Bliss was still able to pick up that victory. But that's really the backstage segment is what stands out the most from this. Yeah, um, something that stands out that wasn't on TV was apparently Ronda Rousey came out at this point. Yeah, um, off off um, during a commercial break, I guess she came out and attacked Alexa Bliss. I think. I don't know. I don't know who she attacked or whatever. <laughs> I have but no idea. Apparently, Ronda Rousey came out at this point. That wouldn't make sense that she attacked Alexa Bliss, though. I feel so like I can't I, really see that. I mean, that's I did what see. Happened, but... I, I remember seeing Alexa Bliss put Ronda Rousey in a chokehold. Um, so unless that's unless that's an old clip, then it was this one. I don't know. 
I don't, uh, but regardless, that's two prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. Next up, you had Impulsive TV. Um, yeah, Logan Paul has his own little uh, segment now. It says, but it says that uh, after a kick to Dewdrop, Ronda Rousey was attacked from behind by Nikki Ash, but dispatched the almost superhero with the series of throws with a series of throws. Well, and then she would put Dewdrop in her arm bar. Oh hey. no, changed her mind and left her with the ankle lock. And that was it. So well, she did not do anything to Alexa bliss. And that was an old clip, but, but yes, impulsive TV took place where Logan Paul called out Miz and Miz didn't show up. Maurice came out instead. She had a, a I guess they, it was, I think it was a purse. Ball purse? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, but uh, Miz ends up coming out eventually and said that he's going to win at SummerSlam. Maurice slapped Logan Paul, and Tommaso Ciampa tried to jump Logan Paul from behind, but Logan Paul, I guess, was ready for it. He fought back. He took Miz on until Ciampa stopped him. And Miz hit a, a skull-crushing finale, and the crowd was chanting one more time. Yeah. They were I, not having Logan Paul. They booed Jake Paul when he was mentioned. He's he's fighting at the Garden probably, I think, next week. This, uh, this uh, next week, next weekend. I think it's, what, August uh, 6th, maybe? Yeah, next weekend he's fighting there because he brought it up in the promo. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, I like Champa's... Um, involvement in this. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the backstage promo of Champa with the Miz and Maurice? I did. I thought that was a very well was... done promo. Yeah, I agree. You know, Champa, seeing Champa at first, you're like, oh, damn, come on. Champa deserves better. He was champion, this and that and that and this. But then he's also paired up against the with the Miz, who's future Hall of Famer. And when he has the mic, he is making it really known that he belongs there. And I thought that was a great promo backstage. It's just a shame that that didn't take place on television. I agree. I agree. After that, we saw AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler team up to defeat Alpha Academy with a good promo from Chad Gable beforehand. And I thought it was a nice match. I wish I was there. It wasn't like a, like the best match ever. But it was still one of those matches that I wish I was there to see live. Uh, I don't know. I guess you Something don't. that I liked. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Something that I liked backstage, though, was the Street Profits and the Usos really going face-to-face. What? Just... You're, you're going to even, like, gloss over that match? I was good with it. I thought it was a great... I thought it was really good. I liked the, the sell from... from uh... Gable from Dolph Ziggler super kick and the Z- the zigzag too, mm-hmm. and another match that had a good finish. But yeah, backstage Street Profits Usos arguing with each other. Double J was there. It was just a quick little segment where Jeff Jarrett was saying that he's going to keep the peace. Yeah, Can you believe and, that. And then he walked away, and they started getting a little bit louder. And then Double J steps right in between. Main event, which I legitimately, I've seen this match advertised for weeks now and literally thought this was a New York match only where it was like a, a, a dark match, you know, where they air commercials like live at Madison Square Garden, the bloodline, 
faces the Street Profits in Riddle. Yeah. I thought it was going to be after Monday Night Raw. And then they were like, by the way, this match is taking place on Monday Night Raw. I was like, very surprised. Roman Reigns hadn't wrestled on Monday Night Raw in like a year plus. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, I mean, it was a good match. I... Profits had some cool New York Knicks gear. Yeah. Montez Ford got busted open at one point. Yeah, he was dripping. Yeah. And obviously the fans went nuts for the Hangman DDT to Roman Reigns that uh, Riddle did. And they popped for the RKO setup. And I thought that was a fantastic counter to the RKO. Roman Reigns held him up for like what seemed like it could have been nine minutes. Obviously not nine minutes. I feel like, I mean, we've seen that before though. I don't know. Just the way it was done, I thought it was really well yeah, done. We've and seen. I mean, we've throws seen him down and then hits him with that spear to pick up that victory. I don't know if we've seen um, Riddle with that counter before, but we've seen some people like do that counter to Randy Orton before. But, but it like, was still where cool. He, like, I don't know. I, it was like a, a slam. I, I thought it was no, really he just, good. No, he just know. held him there and kind of just and tossed him. him. Yeah, yeah, That's kind of like, like if. Uh, Back when, like, Randy Orton would try to hit an RKO on the Big Show. And Big Show was just, like, kind of toss him off of him. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, like, it was somebody like Big Show or uh, Brock Lesnar. Somebody of that caliber tossing him off. What? But, <laughs> I yeah, I saw that this match. Huh? <laughs> That's a British phrase that people might uh, take offense to. Well, no offense uh, intended, but this match was definitely awesome. Um, Just when you thought that everything was going to be taken home, Seth Rollins' theme song hits, and he comes running on down, and then he Uh, goes ahead. He did not come running on down. He went face-to-face with Roman Reigns. Yes, and then he started laughing. And he was out there to beat up Matt Riddle, and he hit a stomp on the outside. And put Roman uh, Riddle's head in between the indent of the steps and hit another stomp, which I thought looked really, really nice. Yeah, and they announced really... on the bump that Riddle has been medically disqualified from this match, so that match is off on SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sucks, you know. Um, it really sucks because. That was a match that a lot of people were looking forward to, but then Seth Rollins took to Twitter saying how he was looking forward to hearing everybody sing his theme song, and Triple H responded to him as well. So who knows? I mean, it's maybe we'll have Seth Rollins have an open challenge or take to the ring about it. The the timeline has been split between three ways they want. Seth Rollins added to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. There was obviously a tease set up. At that entrance. Yeah. People want uh, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. Maybe some unfinished business. Now that Triple H, we I don't even think we mentioned he's head of creative now. Yeah, I mean, and now that he's head of creative, there's so many. I mean, I mentioned it last week, but there's so many people that are former WWE employees that may be interested in returning now. Well, they can't I mean, because they're signed to five-year deals. Well, there's a few people not signed to five-year deals, though. And, yes, so Johnny Gargano down there, is another another name that people were 
instantly like hello put us put that Seth Rollins versus Johnny Gargano. I mean, you got Gargano, you got Strowman, you got the Fiend. There's so many people. Yeah, I would like to see Team Kickback. That would be nice. We haven't not we haven't seen Tegan Knox. I don't know if it I think it was Visa. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see if anything actually changes with Triple H involved. I mean, the it just it's worth noting that the stock uh, shot up at, this week after everything that's taken place with Vince McMahon. It did dip, but after Vince retired, it was really un it was, for me. It was unexpected, and then a few days after, they actually got a a raised price target. One person, one uh, company gave them a price target of ninety dollars, and then another of seventy nine. So it's very interesting to see the uh, ripple effect of everything right now. Yeah, it went over seventy to uh, seventy dollars this week. Yeah, yeah, and it's but... the it's the thir- it's the it's the highest that it's been. Uh, it's the highest all time high, not all time. I'm sorry, uh, highest three year high. I believe that it hit. Three years? Yeah, within three years, it wasn't that high. Mm. Yeah. It hasn't broken that 70-whatever mark it was. It hasn't been up there in uh, three years. April 26th. Even May, it was up in the 80. For what year? 2019. Yeah. 96 was was the, the, the height. Yeah. It's been a while. So. 96 was April 18th, 2019, and from there it continued to dip. Yeah, so it's interesting now that they got the lowest. Oh, my God. What the happens? lowest was, well, actually, no, I can't say the lowest, but 2017 seems to be maybe the lowest, but that was at $20. That's crazy. Now imagine buying it down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But. but, yeah, so that is WWE... Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT. Open up with Zoe Stark, who the doctor, she said, told her she'd be out over a year. But the day after her surgery, she was back in uh, in physical therapy. And she mentioned that it was Toxic Attraction who almost ended her career, which is what we said the other week. And Cora Jade interrupted this. Said that Zoe Stark stole her moment, just like Roxanne Perez did. And then Toxic Attraction came out, and Mandy was like, well, come Wednesday, I'll be the fourth longest reigning women's champion in NXT. And Stark challenged her to put the title on the line right then and there. And she, I guess, said no, and Dolan said, I'll fight you. So that match gets set up for the main event. But... Uh, not the main event, but later on. But Mandy Rose interviewed later on, and Saray interrupted because she wants a title shot. And Mandy Rose granted that for next week. So, yeah. Next up, you had Grayson Waller pick up the victory over Wesley. Um, I thought they were having a pretty decent match. Yeah, I did and like then, the, the. So I like the end of it where. Uh, I didn't really Wesley, like that. Huh? I didn't like that. Where Wesley thought, got punched by Trick Williams. So I liked it, but so Wesley was on the outside of the wing, ring. He didn't even see it, but Williams clocked him in the back of the head, knocking him out. And then the referee is just doing his 10 count. 
I thought that that should have been it, but instead Wesley made the 10 count. I don't think he should have made the 10 count because right when he got in yeah. the ring, Grayson Waller pretty much automatically hit his finisher. Yep. So there was really no reason for him to break the 10 count just for the sake of the finisher. You know? Yeah, I agree. But, but after that, Joe Gacy basically just said that Rip and Jagger are definitely uh, um, – Still, they're all as a group. They 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 want Cameron Grimes to join them. So, do you think we could see Cameron Grimes shave his beard and get one of those cane eyes? No. No, no, no. But maybe. Hmm. Mm. No. No, no. Well, after that, Apollo Cruz picked up the victory over Zion Quinn. Um, I thought it was funny. Didn't Apollo Cruz lose last week, though? Apollo Cruz didn't wrestle last week. The week before he lost, though, right? Um, I thought he lost to Zion Quinn last the week before. Because they um, mentioned on commentary, they're like uh, Apollo Cruz picking up yet another impressive victory. Um, but I'm like, he he lost July 12th to Giovanni Vinci. Yeah, so two weeks ago. But. Yeah. He won June 7th in a tag match against Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. And that was it, though. Right. Yeah, the commentary made it out like he's like on this big win streak. I'm like, dude, no, calm down there. But still an impressive win. Uh, Yeah, but really, standard match, nothing really yeah. stands out from here. No, I agree. I agree. But After next... that, Zoe Stark picked up the victory over Gigi Dolan, which was... Really nice to see Gigi Dolan in singles competition. Her last TV singles match was almost a year ago, which is wow. crazy. But it was a no, pretty quick uh, that's match. that's that's really wild that it's been yeah. almost a well, year. Well, I mean, she's been with JC, so that's true. That's so true. although I was I was happy to see Gigi in the singles competition, it was not a long match. And JC jumped after uh, jumped Zoe Stark afterwards. Stark was able to take her out, and then Mandy tried to get her uh, with the championship, but Stark was aware of that. She ducked out, and then Cora Jade attacked Zoe Stark with a kendo stick, and she got chased off by Roxanne Perez. And then it was announced that Zoe Stark will get her her title shot. At NXT Heatwave, taking place on in uh, three weeks. Normal episode of, of NXT. Except it's going to be Heatwave, so it's not a normal episode. Yeah. Uh, later on, Roxanne Perez said that the tag team titles mean something to her. And brought out Alundra Blaze to assist her in taking the title out of the trash, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, especially because I mean, last knows week, it. yeah, Alundra Blaze knowing a thing or two about ditching that title into the trash. Yeah, she's thrown the WWF Women's Championship in the garbage, and she almost threw the twenty four seven Championship in the garbage. If people remember that, which they probably don't, but mm-hmm. here she uh, she assisted in taking it out, and I thought it was really funny because last week I'm like, please let Roxanne Perez. Have Alundra Blaze step in and be her partner. So, although we did not get that, she did announce 
a fatal four-way tag team elimination match for uh, the tag team championships next week. And we know that Faraz and Leon are going to be in it. We know who's which they got a big pep talk by Sanga. We, we know Caden Carter and Katana Chance are in it. We know Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile are teaming up for this. And Toxic Attraction will be the fourth team. I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I really hope that it's Katana Chance and Caden Carter. You know, I hope so as well. I feel like they're... I feel like they are becoming the grizzled young vets at times with the fact that they I are, that, yeah. you know, like they're an established tag team. They've been doing the tag team stuff for a long time. Uh, great on my great. In I ring. saw somebody on Twitter trying to claim that they have absolutely no chemistry in the ring together. How? And then I saw somebody else respond, be like, are you dumb? They do, like, the most tag team moves out of any NXT tag team. They have, they like, even the have most. A, they have a double team finisher. <laughs> they have, like, the most <laughs> chemistry between partners. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that match. I really hope they walk out as champions. Alundra Blaze quite busy on Tuesday. She announced a new title for the NWA as Medusa prior to nxt so double duty that's pretty cool um wendy chu they aired a nightmare that she was having where she was dreaming about tiffany stratton and then she woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it seems like we might be seeing like the end of this uh onesie wearing sleeping wendy chu and we might see like a more serious side now I hope so. The the sleeping Wendy Chu stuff never really won me over. It's I, definitely, I don't it's, think it's a gimmick that's going to get over on the main roster. Um, But I would definitely like to see. It sucks that we're, I don't know when we're getting the next 2K game, but I really would have liked to have seen some of those moves in the game. Because I liked like the, the nap that she took, like the diving nap or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yep, yep. That is yeah, a so, cool move. A bunch of stuff there, but... After that, we saw J.D. McDonough, where he bought a ticket to be a fan, yet somehow got mic time. How does that work out? I don't know. But he went around delivering some, like, Debbie Downer facts to fans. And then he calls out Braun Breaker, and it just sets up J.D. McDonough versus Braun Breaker at Heat Wave. Heat Wave spelled one word. ECW used two words. So who's J.D. McDonough? It's the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. That's okay. Devlin. I was trying to think of his name. I'm like, I know he's Finn Balor's protege. I just can't recall his name. I'm like, Devitt? No. Devin? Okay. Which, by the way, they they acknowledge JD McDonough's name change on NXT UK. They don't, however, acknowledge Axiom. Because they did refer to A-Kid. Huh. Yeah, but That's Breaker Breaker said that they'll make it official next week in a contract signing, and JD headbutted Breaker, but Breaker, I believe he he held on and maybe threw a headbutt back at him and busted JD's mouth open. Man, it was pretty nasty. Yeah. You know? After that, Giovanni Vinci picked up the victory over Andre Chase. Prior to this match, 
uh, Nathan Fraser returned backstage and wanted to be Chase's honorary flag bearer, but for the match, he was just in the crowd, which was weird. Yeah. Because Bodie was still down there ringside waving the flag, which Vinci broke. And uh, I I wasn't really expecting this match to be as long as it was for Andre Chase or for him to get as much offense as he did. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I didn't expect him to get that much in there, but I'm not too sure what... continued that attack and uh, Fraser ran down to chase him off. So that'll probably be a match somewhere. Yeah, and I still don't know what's going to happen with Chase either. You know, I know he has the university and everything, but I don't know. He's not really winning me over. Well, they're uh, next week going to be in the UK touring again. Hmm. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Ariana Grace backstage watching footage of her in the Battle Royal from last week, and she was basically saying she was on a timeout when Indy Hartwell eliminated her. And... Indy was like, brother, you would have done the same thing. And Grace denied it, but it sets up a match between the two where Indy Hartwell picks up the victory over Ariana Grace, who tried to cheat to win by putting her feet on the rope. Referee caught her. Right away. And then Hartwell popped her in the face with that big boot to pick up the victory. Yeah. So Something I didn't like about that was where she was getting pinned. And... Hartwell just didn't really react to it, the getting pin part. Like, she was just flat back. Oh, yeah. You know, like, she wasn't struggling or kicking, flailing her feet, you know? Like, she was just flat back taking the pin. I don't know. I wonder if they're going to ever have, like, Santino show up and do something with her. With Grace, not Indy Hartwell. Oh, oh, gotcha. (laughs) But they showed a, a video of Robert Stone and Von Wagner... Earlier in the night, Solo Sokoa issued a false count anywhere match. And originally in this in this segment, Robert Stone declined the offer. But Von Wagner's like, what are you doing? Of course I accept. And they also did make mention of Sophia Cromwell no longer being there. They were like, if she wants to go become a model, that's fine or whatever. So that was nice that we got closure on as to why she's all of a sudden Maxine Dupree and not Sophia Cromwell. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll see a, a false count anywhere match. I think next week hmm. between those two, but we did see Tony D'Angelo and the family backstage where he was putting them over and said that it's not just a one and done thing. You always have to prove your worth to him. And on the flip side of that diamond mine was backstage hyping each other up. Julius to me kind of seemed like he took the lead there. In the, the promo and stuff, Roderick Strong was kind of on the sidelines there for me. But the match happens. The D'Angelo's pick up the victory over Diamond Mine. Legato was wearing matching gear with the D'Angelo's. With, Dan, with Tony D'Angelo, I should say. And I thought it was a pretty good main event. Damon Kemp pulled out some new moves in this. But... Julius Creed at one point gets tagged in, literally lays out the whole family. I like when uh, Tony was going for that gut wrench suplex and Julius rolled through into the ankle lock. I thought that was really well done. But the end of the match, we saw Roderick Strong take Julius out and by mistake, of course. 
And Tony took advantage of that, picked up the victory. Yeah, I'm happy that uh, Tony picked up the victory. Diamond Mind, I don't know. That's Time why, is... like, I can't see Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley winning the championships next week. I can't either. I feel if like they that... do. Like, does Roddy flip his head? Like, what happens? He has to. He has to. I can't see that happening. But we close out Alundra Blaze walking out, I guess, to her car. And she was interviewed about the tag team match next week, only to be interrupted by Toxic Attraction, who's like, there's no other team. It should just be us. Like, hand us the titles. We should be champions. And that's how NXT closed. Bit strange, bit odd, but I appreciated that the at, at all the stuff they did with Alundra Blaze there. Yeah, I agree. Um, after that, NXT UK, we saw Briggs and Jensen pick up the victory over Wild Boar and Mark Andrews to retain the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. I thought it was a, a good uh, defense for Briggs and Jensen there. Pretty good tag match. We saw Blair Davenport pick up the victory over Amel, uh, which obvi- I thought it was an obvious outcome. It seems like they're maybe building Blair Davenport back up so she could maybe dethrone... Mako Satamora, which I really don't want to see that happen. But main event saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Wolfgang to retain the NXT UK Championship. For me, this was like just okay. I think we've seen better title matches from Ilya. We've seen better matches from Wolfgang. Uh, the match, though, Ilya was selling a hurt back throughout the match, so... That came into play a lot, but I really, I thought the ending of this was really good. So, all in all, not my favorite episode of NXT UK, but not a terrible episode. But, uh, yeah, moving over to SmackDown, it opened up with Drew McIntyre picking up the victory over Sheamus in a good old-fashioned Brook match. I'm... Pretty sure Sheamus called it that last week, but also said it was a shillelagh match, but it was a fun opening match. Sheamus attacked McIntyre on the entrance. Um, the the bar with the doctored photos of Sheamus' ancestors I thought was pretty funny. But McIntyre hits a future shock DDT onto a pile of chairs. Went for another move onto them, but Ridge Holland cracked a shillelagh over Drew McIntyre's back to help Sheamus out. Sheamus got a white noise from the middle rope and it really sounded like a three count there, but there was no way Drew McIntyre was losing this. Butch ends up showing up, pulls out a giant shillelagh, which McIntyre was able to use. Uh, He ate a claymore also, and then Sheamus hit a bro kick again, goes for a really close pin. No way was Drew McIntyre losing this match and finally drew hits a claymore picks up the victory there he's moving on to clash of the castle to face the champion either roman reigns brock lesnar or uh, austin theory drew mcintyre was interviewed afterwards and austin theory came out attacked him with a briefcase he was interviewed later on and paul Heyman intercepted him to have a chat after that, Happy Corbin showed up with a ticket in the crowd, some popcorn and a fan sign with a uh, mug shot of Pat McAfee and underneath it said loser. And he ends up throwing the popcorn at Pat, hopping the barricade, low-blowing Pat McAfee. 
So it was nice to have that storyline right before their uh, pay-per-view match. After that, Shotzi Blackheart picked up the victory over Aaliyah. She was, uh, Aaliyah was supposed to face Lacey Evans, but they said Lacey's not cleared. Um, as far as the match, I, I like both of them, so I was into it. The fans didn't really seem to care much. I thought it was decent. Uh, a really nice finisher by Shotzi Blackheart. Really nice finisher. And I thought Lacey Evans was going to interrupt this to, to cost Aaliyah the match, but that just, she was nowhere to be found. Backstage, they had a Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, like, photo shoot. And Natalia interrupted. Sonya Deville interrupted. And they argued backstage. They cut back to the ring where Shotzi's about to cut a promo. And Ronda Rousey comes out, takes her out after Shotzi swung first. And then she called Liv Morgan out for a tag match. And she speaks so fast that, like, <laughs> I thought she she called Liv Morgan out to face her right then and there. But Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey went on to pick up the victory over Natalia and Sonya Deville. The fans, I think, were into her taking out Shotzi beforehand. The match, maybe not so much. On the outside of the ring, when, when Ronda Rousey was a... Uh, Waiting to be tagged in. She was able to rally the crowd. But they didn't seem like that interested into in the match. But Liv and Ronda Rousey argued about tagging one another in. And that got Liv into some trouble. She hits a code breaker. Went for a tag. And then pins Natalia. Natty kicks out. I really like Michael Cole begging Liv Morgan to be like, No, save your energy. Tag out. Save your energy for, for SummerSlam. But she, she continued to go on. Ronda Rousey eventually tags herself in and was able to eventually win the match for the team. Very chaotic ending. Uh, I liked the ending, though. Afterwards, we had a tag title match instruction segment with the Street Profits, the Usos, and Double J. And they had some good banter between both teams. And Double J was like, I'm not here to contain you. I'm just here for you guys to to run wild and me count the three. And he basically told them to go fight each other on SmackDown. So they brawled and Jey Uso accidentally kicked Double J with a super kick. And he ends up shoving the Usos. Street Profits came out on top there. Uh, After that, we had a Maximum Male Model segment where they were showing off the SummerSlam Beachwear Beach Collection or Beachwear Collection. The biggest thing from this is that Max Dupree is back. Last week he was gone. Internet was like Vince McMahon fired him uh, or took him off of SmackDown, took him out of the Maximum Male Models. That's why Sophia Cromwell was there. So Max Dupree is back. After that, the Viking Raiders picked up the victory over New Day. Uh, This was an exciting match. That brutal, brutal, brutal crossbody from Ivar to Kofi Kingston into the barricade was a definite highlight here. I thought we were going to see Jinder Mahal and Shanky get involved to cost the Viking Raiders their match. But we saw the Viking Raiders take control, pick up the victory. They went outside, grabbed their shields afterwards. Eric swung that big shield into Xavier Woods' face. That was a highlight. And then they smashed his leg in between a chair with their shields. And I thought, again, I thought Jinder Mahal and Shanky were going to make the save there. But that did not happen. That was a brutal attack. Very good ending to that segment. And then SmackDown ends 
with a special address from Paul Heyman where he hyped up Roman Reigns' championship reign. And he, he told us that in 35 years, nobody has been able to reach the amount of days as Roman Reigns has had. And basically promised that Roman's going over at SummerSlam. Brock showed up. Paul tries to give him the microphone. Brock backs him into the corner. And from earlier in the night, Paul Heyman spoke to Austin Theory. Theory attacks Brock Lesnar with the Money in the Bank briefcase from behind. However, Brock Lesnar turns it around, beats him up, hits him with some uh, suplexes and whatnot. And he's able to leave. And just as he's leaving, he turns around. McIntyre smacks him in the face with a Claymore outside of the ring. Very good ending to SmackDown. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good SmackDown. But uh, I'm going to move over to some SummerSlam predictions now. SummerSlam taking place live from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Of course, uh, we're, we're giving our predictions on Thursday, so anything can happen before SmackDown. But we should start, I guess, Miz versus Logan Paul. I'm going to go with uh, Logan Paul. I'm going to say Logan Paul as well. Yeah, the guy just signed a big contract, you know. I don't think he signed a... I just... I don't know. I can't see that being a, a big thing like that. I'm sure if he signed a contract, it's he's getting a lot of money, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could say big contract in that sense, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. I'd like to see Pat pick up this victory here. I'm going to say Pat McAfee as well. For the United States Championship, Bobby Lashley defending the title against former champion Theory. I'm going to go Lashley. I will say Bobby Lashley as well. Are we three for three? We are. We are. Bianca Belair defends the Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch. I'm going to say uh, Bianca Belair. I'm I'm going to say say she retains that. Yeah, I'm going to say Belair as well. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship being defended by Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. I really, really hope Liv Morgan wins this. I'm going to say Liv Morgan with my fingers crossed. (laughs) I'm going to say Liv Morgan as well, and I am going to knock on wood. No disqualification. Tag team action. The Mysterios take it on Judgment Day. I'm going to go with... (sighs) Hold on. I'm going to say the Mysterios. Oh, okay. You see the the whole rumor, by the way, the news sites reporting about Edge not being at Madison Square Garden and having trouble uh, getting there? No. That he was supposed to apparently return and team with Rey Mysterio on his big 20th anniversary? Really? According to the sites. That's interesting. I am going to... I said last week, what better place for Edge to return than MSG? Hmm. This is a tough call, but... I kind of feel like it's going to be, dang, I want it. Uh, <laughs> Just say the Mysterios. You know, so since can, you went we to, keep... <laughs> since you went with the Mysterios, I'm going to go with Judgment Day. I'm going to go with Judgment match. Day because because my whole thing is I still I have hopes that Dominic is going to turn on Rey Mysterio and join Judgment Day, which could happen at SummerSlam. Tag team match. Uh, SummerSlam is a. Uh... Dominic's wrestling in-ring anniversary, though. Oh. Let's see. You know what? Who? Okay. I'm going to go with the Mysterios. And then on Monday Night Raw, after 
Dominic turns on Rey Mysterio to join Judgment Day. Similar to how Judgment Day had it with uh, Edge the night before. So I think that Dominic's going to join them the night after. But Mysterio's win. Well, we got for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships with Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. Usos. Night before he teams up with Jay Lethal to take on Ric Flair and Andrade. In his last match ever. The Usos defending the Tag Team Championships against the Street Profits. I'm going Usos. Uso? I'm going to say the Street Profits. No, you're wrong. You're wrong, dude. I very well could be, but I see the Street Profits. I could definitely see them winning. Especially, first of all, I guess we could say Seth Rollins if he has an opponent. Bray Wyatt, Johnny Gargano, somebody else. Do you see, I could see the other person picking up that victory or what? Seth Rollins, I believe, was undefeated up until last year at SummerSlam. Wait, what do you mean? That could be incorrect. What do you mean, what do I mean? Where are you getting at? What do you mean, what am I getting at? A uh, Seth Rollins match. Oh, oh, so you're saying who can... Okay, you, you'd switched over on me real quick on that one. <laughs> Not quite. Um, so you think that... So what, what was your question? Brother, who do you think would be facing Seth Rollins? If okay. Seth Rollins has a mystery opponent, will he win? I think There's that he question. will. Well, I thought that you think still, Seth Rollins is going to win. I thought if you were they, still if, picking if the Johnny Uso Gargano shows up or Bray Wyatt shows up. You think Rollins is going over? I think that Rollins is going to have a match. I think that Rollins is going to lose. In like WrestleMania, where he had a mystery opponent, he did not have the ability to study tape. I think Johnny Gargano could end up winning against Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins has, I believe it's 20 losses this year. He, I think that he's, uh, he hasn't won a pay-per-view match this entire year. Hmm. He's, I, I saw this uh, stat the other day that I think that he's, he's won, he's lost more match, a lot more matches than he has won this entire year. He's just been putting over everybody else. And if he doesn't have a singles match by himself, Potentially, maybe he's added to Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, although uh, that would not really work. It's a last man standing match. That would be interesting. It, what do you mean? It just That wouldn't work. How could it you possibly work. have a three-way last man standing I mean, we've had it before. Well, What's the last person? man standing? Well, I mean, you can have it. No. You just got to get two people down? There's no way. Dude, exactly. So imagine if somebody ever does that. It could work know. in a match. But I, if that was even, if the match was to change or something, I could totally see Seth Rollins eating a pin from from uh, Austin Theory because I see Austin Theory cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase successfully. It just would make sense. It would make so much sense. Well, Paul who Heyman was high on him. Triple H was high on him. Vince McMahon, obviously high on him. There's no way. I'm saying Bro- Roman Reigns wins. I can't see that. I'm saying, full, so Reigns versus Lesnar, who are you going? I'm saying Austin Theory. No, no, Reigns versus Lesnar. Nope. <laughs> you got to pick no, one of them. There's no chance there. 
who's going to win? Reigns versus Lesnar? Because Theory Roman is Reigns not... is going to win that. If there that, you go. If that, if that match ends right then and there, as a last man standing match, it's Roman Reigns. And then, so then you think Theory is going to defeat Roman Reigns? I think Theory's going to. Ooh. No, that's why I think they're going to be both knocked down. Refs counting. Boom. Out comes Theory. One, two, three. Pins Brock. Or he could pin Roman Reigns. I don't know. I just think Austin <laughs> Theory is winning the championship. I think Austin Theory will be WWE champion before next week. I'm going to say before our 600th episode. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say he does not. I think that Ziggler is really going to play a factor into this. I don't think he's going to have a successful cash-in at SummerSlam. Again, youngest champion, youngest ever, youngest U.S., youngest money in the bank. There's only less than a month, basically, to do youngest WWE champion. You know, you you taught it. You no, I'm sticking to it. And because Brock Lesnar had that, I'm that saying Roman Reigns. Accolade. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar. We Theory. shall see. We'll try to cash in. I don't think it's going to be successful. I think Ziggler is going to play interference. Well, those are the predictions for SummerSlam. Hey, Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week. Made event of Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor 2022. Briscoes versus the FTR. Two out of three falls. I gushed over it earlier in the show. So uh, go find it. Go watch it. Go check it out. Tag team wrestling at its finest. And Brandon, who are you shouting out? Brandon, shout out! The first shout out goes to the Broken Skull Sessions with Sami Zayn. I thought it was ridiculously fun to watch and hear him talk about his career. And they actually mentioned El Generico, so that I thought was really cool. That's really cool. I mean, and talk about ridiculous, you know, Sabu. No, not ridiculous at all. I 100% WrestleMania was announced, WrestleMania 40 <laughs> in Philadelphia, and I 100% backing Sami Zayn in saying that Sabu should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, 100%. I am backing Joey Styles over him. You could back whoever. Sabu belongs in the Hall of Fame. Joey Styles also belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm backing Joey Moore. But Sami Zayn, I liked when he said that he really wants to wrestle until he can't anymore and then wants to be somebody like uh, Bobby Heenan or Paul Heyman, like a manager. And I think he would work very well as a manager. We've seen him kind of do that in the past with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. So I very much so enjoyed that. If you have not seen that on Peacock or WWE Network, if you're lucky you have that, uh, check it out. But uh, speaking of Peacock, I'm giving the second shout out to a show called Rutherford Falls, which the second season's out now. It came out last month. Finally got around to watching it. I wish the season was longer, but Ed Helm stars in it with uh, Janish meeting. If you're unfamiliar with the show, they play lifelong friends. She's Native American, and because of Ed Helms' character's ancestral history, the town kind of turns on him. But she's, like, very torn between it. The second season is his, his redemption and her struggles trying to balance so many different things. 
So right now at this moment, there's no third season announced, but I really hope that it does get picked up for a third season because it ends on a cliffhanger. And I can't stand when a show ends on a cliffhanger and it gets canceled. So it better not get canceled. It better get (laughs) renewed. So my last shout out. I've never seen them. Well, do you even, you don't even like use your peacock often. Nope. I don't. But my last shout out's going to the Bella twins. They had their A&E biography error this week. And I just think it's a shame how much, uh, how many people deny how much they've brought to pro wrestling. And it seems like it happens every few months for some reason. But I thought it was really well done. It's a yeah. shame. I mean, I didn't see it yet, but I definitely believe that they have made a valuable mark on WWE. You know, and to say that to discredit them, I don't think is really appropriate. Uh, also, these A and E biographies, I thought uh, they're they're doing excellent with this the, the second season. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that. It's. I mean, this entire A and E stuff. I've been loving. It's hard to say A and E without trying to say AEW. I know it is. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, shout out to the Bell Twins. I think they deserve more credit than fans give them. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our. Ow. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Um, I mentioned before Rey Mysterio's gear, and then actually showing up the the Halloween Havoc full the full outfit. I, I pop for that big time. You have any? Yeah, uh, that was. Have any mark out moments? That was pretty cool. Um, something that I marked out for that I forgot to mention was I totally marked out for that Undertaker biography. Um, since you brought up the biography stuff. Right. The one that I did watch was the Undertaker one recently, and I totally marked out for that. I thought that it was a different... I mean, ever since the Undertaker started to really come out as Mark Calloway, um, I don't know if we've seen or heard this take of Mark Halloway before where you're actually meeting his mom. Even we've definitely not. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really posted by the way, a, uh, he's signing autographs at a convention soon. Uh huh. Somebody posted like the stuff that he won't be signing and like, he won't be signing like 1991 trading cards. And there were, like, other Why? things on the list that I was just, like, I don't know, maybe it, like, shoots up in price that those are just, like, super rare that he won't be signing it. Uh-huh. But it's, like, they just recently came out with the Mean Mark Calloway figure. Will they be would, – would he not sign that? Like, I don't, he won't be signing ticket stubs? Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I I don't know. That's weird to me. I mean, those things are – Unique, you know. Nobody else. If I get a ticket signed from did a I vet, say Mean Mark Calloway, I you think did. I said, mean Mark like, Callis. <laughs> um, but 
like a ticket stub, nobody's going to want a ticket stub from an event I went to. You know, maybe no, 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 no. Hold on. People are that's like a a sought after item, which makes absolutely no sense. People are very high on buying used ticket stubs for events that they have not been to. That's so wild. People get them graded, which makes even less sense to me, but it's it gets done. Huh. That's very interesting. Um Something that I did mark out for as well with that entire aspect was the fact that, I mean, this is something that we've known, but how um, Mark Calloway and Paul Bearer were teamed up when he was first, like, very, very green, like, his first match. And then they were outside paired up. Outside of WWE. Yeah, outside of WWE. And then they were paired up again in WWE just by chance of there was no association to them you know at the current time they just found out that this guy he was available he was a pallbearer uh and did an undertaker say his father worked at a funeral home yeah his dad worked at one um and i thought that that was just really i don't know i always thought that that was really cool so i'm watching that that episode Sitting here watching, uh, thinking to myself, I wish there was some sort of Bone Street Crew television program. Uh-huh. Where, like, it would be based on the people. Yeah. It wouldn't be them. It'd be like a, uh, kind of like a, a Netflix Daredevil Defenders uh-huh. series. Uh-huh. I just thought that'd be a pretty cool idea where it's like, yeah. I'm Mean Mark. That would be interesting. You can call me Undertaker. And then it'd be like yeah. Mark Calloway or, or Mean Mark it would be and uh, I would, Savio, obviously, and Rikishi, Fatu. I would love to Yoke. just, I don't know. I feel like his stories never get old. But I something else I marked out like that during that biography, I mean, I marked out for everything with Yokozuna. Um, I, I was a big, I hated Yokozuna. But as I got older, I really did... Like Yokozuna, like when he was a face, um, I was actually a big fan of him teaming with Owen Hart, even though they were heels. I really liked them, um, because I thought that when he was a face, you really liked him teaming with Owen Hart, even though they were heels. No, no, no. Uh, before he did the face turn, when he was a heel still with Owen Hart, I was a big fan of the both of them. But then when he turned face towards the very end. I mean, I was uh, even more of a fan, but I still mark out for watching clips of him versus Undertaker because I think that that was some of my favorite times as a pro wrestling fan was watching back then. You know, even their match at Royal Rumble and everything like that. It was just so enjoyable. Well, something that... uh... Oh, I also marked out for Y2J's debut. We hit the uh, anniversary the other day. What what anniversary was it? Twenty two, I maybe no twenty three. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure, but I always always, whenever I see that video clip come up, I have to watch it because it's just it's one of the best debuts ever. Because I swore it was Pete Rose. Because the video countdown, Pete Rose, Pete Rose. <laughs> it was pretty much cueing you. It was it was a total swerve. Yeah, but uh, something else I marked out over, we spoke, or I mentioned the bump before when we spoke about Riddle and Seth Rollins. 
they had Double J on as a guest, and then they surprised him by having X-Pac on. And they spoke about their match at SummerSlam 98 at Madison Square Garden, which I believe, did you go to that? Yeah, I was there. So they showed footage of Jeff Jarrett shaving uh, Howard Finkel on Sunday Night Heat prior to that. And then they showed them shaving Jeff Jarrett's head and everything. And surprisingly, that was their only MSG pay-per-view appearance, both of them. So I thought that was interesting. But then they showed footage of a house show that they both wrestled each other in, um, I think it was Christmas 1998. Uh-huh. They had a guitar on the pole match. So it was just cool to see footage from that, which I don't think anybody would have ever seen unless they were actually at that show. Well, that's pretty cool. But also, very surprisingly, I, they I wonder what matches they like. I, I, so I wonder many. what matches they have for like live matches and stuff. On like they have to have really really cool matches that nobody's ever seen before. You know, if I ever got a position of power in my life, I would a hundred percent ring up WWE and be like, "Hey, do you by any chance have footage of this?" Show this show, this show, this show, this show, and can I have it on DVD, please? Yeah, but they brought up without actually saying GCW. They brought up the the World on GCW event that Jeff Jarrett wrestled at, and X Pac made a surprise appearance at that took place at Hammerstein this year. Mm. So I I thought that was very, like. Never in a million years would I have expected them to ever bring up a GCW show, not yeah. a WWE show. But I'm sure you know. I mean, something Brett else. Lauderdale was shown on Monday Night Raw this week, so maybe uh, maybe a big crossover is happening. Yeah, probably not. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just gonna say that something that I also marked out for. I mean, I didn't mark out for it taking place, but I marked out for it because I was so glued to. Uh, what was taking place was Vince McMahon's retirement. You know, I didn't get a chance to really mention it last week, but right. his entire everything that dropped with that, all of the news that dropped with him retiring, um, that was just huge for me. It's I mean, that shaped the crazy. entire pro wrestling world. Unless you're some people who think Vince McMahon had really nothing to do with it, but yeah, no, WrestleMania. I mean. Hulk Stolen Hogan, from WCW, NWA. The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker. Man. Yeah, no, he's done nothing for w, for pro wrestling at all. Yeah. Yeah. But Some people are like, oh, CMLL's around for 100 years. What WWF ever do? Who would they ever beat? You know, NBA, but, uh, champ, NBA champion Dwight Howard uh, making a, a, his presence felt at a WWE tryout in Nashville. Really? That's pretty interesting. Doing huh? what? Uh, WWE is doing tryouts. It's for yeah, SummerSlam. I, I know that, but what what was Dwight Howard doing there? He apparently he he auditioned to at the tryouts as a wrestler. He was one of the participants. What? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the per- he was one of the participants as a surprise participant for the WWE tryout in Nashville. <laughs> what? Yeah, former NBA champion. That's bizarre. Yeah, so you know that's definitely uh, newsworthy. That is he retired? 
Yes. That's really bizarre. I That'd feel... be interesting to see if he gets like uh, signed or whatnot. Yeah. That would be. I mean, the guy's nearly seven foot tall. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. A uh, a non wrestling related markout moment that I had would be the fact that Joni Mitchell performed a full set at the Newport Folk Festival this past weekend, which is her fir- first like full set in twenty two years. Oh, yeah, I read about that. I think that would have been cool to see live, but. Uh... Just like when when I when clips started popping up, I was like, "There's no way." And then, sure enough, they they were like, "It was a full set list." I was like, "I'm blown away." That's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's what I thought. He's still playing. That's really the, weird. Then, yeah, he's on the Lakers. Well, that's our mark out moment of the week and episode five hundred ninety nine. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at MarkingOut, BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram, David PTDPT on Twitter and Instagram, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CM Sweeney85 on Instagram, MarkingOut11 on YouTube and Instagram, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. TikTok is at MarkingOut, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, MarkingOut.com, and we wish you the... Best of luck luck in your your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.